0: As powerful as love, as love, poison is yet powerful. Love, love. What is up, family? This is Edgar Travis and we're bringing you another episode of the Flow Rope Podcast. Today, we're bringing you part one of a series of two episodes. And basically, what we're doing is we're doing our favorite musicals. I'm doing my list first. Emily will do her list the next time we get together. So, I hope you really dig this one. We had fun. Um, there's just so much to talk about. Sometimes I feel like we don't do the movies justice. But it, it was a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoy it. If you guys want to support the podcast, head on over to shop.theflowrollpodcast.com. And here's the show. All right, here we go. Welcome to another episode of the Flow Roll Podcast. I am Edgar Otra Vez. And today we have... Emily, very funny comedian, Emily. And we're going to be doing musicals today. We're going to be talking about our favorite musicals. Um, We're going to do my five favorite first, and then uh, we're going to try to condense it into one episode. But if that doesn't happen, that's fine. Um, Anyway. uh,
1: And I'm not drunk.
0: Not yet, because you got a little bottle of Jim, (laughs) Jim Bean. So uh, I've already warned her if if uh, she gets tipsy, you know it's going on here. Um, but anyway, I'll send
1: it to my mom. I'll send the podcast to my mom. She'll be so proud. <laughs>
0: All right. So um, don't laugh. I like I like musicals. Uh, I There's don't...
1: nothing funny about that. There's no shame in liking a good musical, especially if it's a good musical.
0: Yeah. Um, well, this is this is the problem with my number five, right? So we're going from five to one, and uh, my number five is the Little Mermaid. Uh, I know a uh, former amateur boxer likes the Little Mermaid, whatever. Anyway, I it is
1: seriously one of the greatest movies ever. So no shame.
0: I I, I really like the music in the Little Mermaid. It's uh, and, and there's the whole aspect of. Of the water and there's so much animation and like just like technic, like it's one of those movies i think it was one of the first movies where they kind of started doing more animation again in in the disney house and doing these feature films with animation and i think the little mermaid was the first one it was directed by ron clements uh judy benson was uh ariel samuel e Wright was sebastian i mean sebastian was awesome i i just But um, and I've told you this, but for our listeners, like when my my little girl was littler, I would sing part of your world or part of part of that world to her. Well, you know, to have her go to sleep. And So funny thing is, uh, I, I went to school for animation. I mean, I studied film, but I have a weird degree. It's like i'm like an illustrator and a filmmaker kind of but anyway
1: i understand that because a lot of schools do the same thing like i did that at DePaul, where it's like i learned about broadcast journalism but i also learned how to write for a newspaper they made sure that you got lots of shit done
0: yeah yeah so that you were more uh so well
1: balanced and well-rounded as a person really
0: yeah so you get a so you get a job right um but anyway so i studied i studied a lot of things but you know, I studied, I studied these movies, I I watched a lot of animation. And uh, when it came time for me to sing something to my kids, you know, the stupid song part of that world was the one song (laughs) he knew by heart. So I would sing that to her. And uh, it's, you know, it's got a lot of memorable songs. I mean, is part of there's the reprise part of your world where she discovers that she's in love with this guy. He never she's never met, which I have a Really big problem with, and uh there's uh, le poisson, and then there's uh, le the- Poiseau,
1: le Poiseau. Yeah,
0: how I love le poisson. <laughs> anyway.
1: Honestly, anytime I think of Little Mermaid, like the first thing that comes in my head is always just did it yeah. but that's not what it's about at all right and yeah. It's, like yeah. you said, looking back on it, there's a lot of problematic things in terms of women needing men yeah. in order to. I, I choose to look at it a little differently these days, though, and look at it more um, from the perspective of um, she really wanted to be a person on land. She didn't want to be ordered around by her father. Of mm. course, she could have done that without marrying a cute prince with legs, but that's kind of the route she chose. But I have to tell you, like, from a kid's perspective, you're not picking up on that necessarily, maybe as you get a little older, but this movie, as you mentioned, came out at a time when Disney was kind of having some issues, and this completely revamped everything for them. And at that age, I was about seven years old when it came out, and I remember actually pretending to be sick at school one day which I was very apt to do at that age I don't know why but my aunt picked me up since my mom was working and I got to be at my aunt's house and we got to watch the young and the restless and we got to eat (laughs) soup and pretend we were sick and then my mom picked me up from my aunts she'd been catching on to this new thing of mine where I pretended to be sick and just laid in the nurse's office because I was bored with my classes probably Uh because brilliant obviously um
0: that's usually the case i mean it
1: usually is i don't yeah. know that it was i was just bored yeah. and i would get to listen to the nurses and the teachers and the people in the office and that was more interesting to me to hear them and their stories than to be in class mm. so my mom caught on to this and when she picked me up from my aunts this uh time she said oh you know it's really too bad you were sick today cuz after school i was going to take you to go see the little mermaid again And we'd already seen it and i was obsessed and i broke down automatically like a total loser and i was like mom Mom, i'm not sick i was faking it let's go see (laughs) the little mermaid right now and she was like we're never seeing the little mermaid again (laughs) (laughs) but i loved it so much that i totally broke my whole like spiel down and i was no longer sick and it was a movie that was just like i don't know not just with kids my age or girls my age this the, the songs are so lasting. You remember the words. Like, are there other Disney movies from like the 70s or 80s where you could say, I just picked up this part of the song and started singing it to my daughter? I mean, things yeah. just don't stick in your head and they're not as that memorable as that particular film. I don't know. I just thought it was magic from beginning to end.
0: It's, it's, uh, it's very catchy. Uh, I like the effects. I think there was one of the, I think, it, I can't remember if it was one of the first times they started actually using computers a little bit mm-hmm. with it with their animation um, technically it's got a lot going on for it but but there are problems with the story right I mean it's like you said it's it's a, a girl who's kind of trapped uh, with a very kind of he's a loving father he's doing it out of you know out of trying to protect her but he's he's not letting her do anything so she wants to be on a she wants to be out in a different world with a guy who's mobile, right. Who's got legs. It's just she really like,
1: just wanted to be more mobile on yeah. dry land.
0: She, she, yeah, she, she wanted to be taken away by some dude. And then it's just like, what are we saying to little girls here? You know, you know, and, and budding animators who've studied, <laughs> who study these movies. Like, well, you know, like this is not the message that we should be sending. There, there's like, there's very few points in the movie where she's actually, uh, an agent of her own destiny you know what i'm saying she's reliant on a lot of other people from the sea witch to her father rescuing her who who gives up who gives himself up you know which is something a parent is apt to do in order to save his daughter and and you know in the end she doesn't really save herself the prince does right so Think
1: about the ways where she had to break away. She had to become a hoarder in her little cave that no one knew about, except Sebastian, who was like, girl, keep it on the down low. Yeah. Uh, And then, like, when she escaped that time and she got into trouble and the shark and everything, all those scenes with Scuttle, that's her, again, kind of, like, breaking the rules and breaking away. It's like she was the youngest daughter and had to be perfect. And she was like, I need an out. I want something else in my life. So from that perspective, I appreciate what she was doing. Mm. But again, what did she see during that storm? She didn't see, um, you know, her future as a lawyer on land. She no. saw a cute dude on a boat, and she saved him. And that's kind of where this all began.
0: That was, and that's probably the point where she was at her strongest as a character, right? She she mm. she saved someone, and and uh, went against what basically looked like danger because there was fire you know, there was debris, you know, the ocean was very strong or whatever. I mean, I'm sure she would have been fine because she's a half fish person, but she, she, uh, you know, but it's.
1: But he could have, but he could have perished in that. Yeah. They were not expecting to find him washed up on the beach and he was only washed up on the beach because she brought him there. So again, it, it is a lot to say to her prowess as a, you know a person with quick thinking skills to do what she did to save him mm. but again it turns into it's not okay i saved you that was cool yeah it was that it was then all like you know big hearts in the eyes and like she kind of goes down that path
0: yeah and and it's uh, disney has done a lot to kind of correct their storytelling in this in this in this regard oh, yeah. they've they've done a lot to kind of especially like with movies like frozen for example where the the princess or the female lead isn't isn't uh, at the mercy of somebody else's you know like willingness to save them or do things for them you know so uh thankfully they've done a lot and and frozen of course a much better film musically and and uh, just technique wise all the things you could possibly go down the list that this movie does frozen does better but the problem is... is hey, girl, or she,
1: girl, I'm calling you girl, Egger Girl, don't you forget that Little one Mermaid, <laughs> 1989, okay? Yeah. 1989.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. 1989, yeah. uh, uh, Little Mermaid was, like, cutting edge, right? Absolutely. She, she, uh, she like, she's a person. The Little Mermaid did all these things first, right? Female proca- protagonists, kind of, like really good music score something a little more modern uh, and
1: people loved those other characters right they remember scuttle they remember um sebastian, so they,
0: sebastian remember, they remember um
1: you know the bird, all these yeah. saw, all these yeah. the baddies the good characters but ariel remains like what you think of because she is the little mermaid and she also is a big enough personality where they not every i mean although sebastian certainly was a hot seller i remember it was in like mcdonald's happy meals at some oh yeah <laughs> point. Um, oh yeah we wanted anything that was associated with the little mermaid but she still was the driving force of that film you don't think about prince eric when you think about that half the people i talked to can't even remember his name They're I, just was like, just, I
0: was just about prince. to say uh, you know i, I was it is yeah
1: where they did start using the prince's name, though. Think back to like Cinderella, where you didn't even know what his name was because it was so like seriously stuck in the past. Where it's like yeah. girl meets boy, doesn't uh-huh. matter what the names are.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or, or like in Snow White, where the dude kisses girl like she's asleep. I'm like, what?
1: Creepy know? about that. Yeah, like
0: who? Like the notions of romance. Well, you
1: do you do realize though too is that. This film from 1989 is based on like an 1800s Danish fairy tale, where the mermaid kills herself at the end.
0: Oh yes, I I remember I remember the original uh story being kind of well.
1: And there's an there's an animated film from the 70s which I kind of fell in love with as a kid. I went and watched it after I saw 1989's Little Mermaid. Um, my mom finally was like, okay, you can watch this one too, but it's darker. And I was like, she kills herself, mom. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's <laughs> but, super dark. <laughs> I
1: don't really remember that part that much, but no, there's a scene with a knife and there it's, it's an animated film that's very dark, but this took kind of the best parts of that fairy tale, maybe minus the whole prince aspect of meeting a man. Mm-hmm. And it like, really, I mean, that movie from the 70s did not have the luxury of these funny characters that could be made into apparel and gifts and every kind of consumable thing Disney could get their hands on money-wise. I mean, Little Mermaid was the kind of dawn of age of that as well, as yeah. far as marketing Disney products.
0: And they, and they still do quite a bit of marketing with with Little Mermaid. I mean, you go, you know, you go to the Disney parks and they have a little actress dressed up like the Little Mermaid sitting on the rock someplace wearing a fishtail, you know, doing the whole bit, combing her hair with a fork dream and all that.
1: Dream job, dream job, just <laughs> sit on a rock all day in the sun. But then, I mean, but then, then you have to kind of ask, like, I don't know it's kind of funny when you think about it from that perspective. There are people I know who work at Disney parks and their dream is to become a character like that. There are people that obsess with Disney that that's their life goal. And you have to be a certain type to play each of those characters. You need to be a certain height and weight down to the inch, down to that quarter of an inch. And if you're too tall, you're not playing the Little Mermaid. If you're too tall, you're not playing this character. If you're too short or fat, you're not playing this character. So it's like, It's interesting how it kind of like drills that in your head, too. Like, this is what beauty is, and being perfect is looking like these Disney characters who are not real people. But I never really took away that aspect of it as a kid. I Mm -hmm. took away the storyline and the songs. And as I got older, I realized there were problems with the script. And then as I was older, I realized, wow, some people are into this even more than I am in a scary, scary way. And... (laughs) I mean, you know, I've never even been to Disney World. Actually, no, that's a lie. Mm. No, that's no, no, no. Oh, I was in Disney World once when I was two, which means I remember nothing. So it was pointless. And then I went to Disneyland because of a work um, conference that was on site at Disneyland a couple of years ago. But I've never, despite being a massive Disney fan, The idea of being around other Disney fans at a park just doesn't do it for me. It's too crazy for me.
0: It's, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's just
1: overwhelming because when it's just for the kids, that's great. But then you have adults that get married there and they exchange pins with other people who go to the parks. It's like a thing. And I'm like, that's next level crazy. I don't want any part of that.
0: It's, yeah, there's a little uh, Peter Pan syndrome going on there.
1: Also, it exactly and not only Peter Pan syndrome But then you have to wonder you've got all these kids there And families and then you've got like These random older men and women That are just kind of hanging out at Disney parks And it's like I mean yes there's The Peter Pan thing but I also question like Do you ever look around and realize That you're not the target audience here And you need to like
0: chill <laughs> Yeah yeah. I mean I saw a few people Who were at the park who were like You know 30 something no kids And then are like eh you should be here, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know, like yeah,
1: maybe like I, I a- do know people who got married there. They're not close friends of mine, but I questioned their sanity for half a moment. I mean, I love Harry Potter. I would never get married at Wizarding World. Sorry, it's just not on my list.
0: <laughs> you go. You would go to London for your honeymoon. Well, yeah. I
1: mean, that's classy, Edgar. Yeah. That's different. And there's not <laughs> someone next to me dressed up like a giant crab while I'm getting married. (laughs) Keep the crab somewhere else, I don't want to hear about it. But I I just, I I do really think though that I could go on forever about this movie and I know it's a favorite of yours and there's nothing to be embarrassed about. It literally from all aspects, from the storyline to the animation, they really knocked it out of the park and it made over like 250 I think million dollars worldwide oh, wow. something like that. Back then that was crazy money. I mean they'd had money like movies like The Aristocats uh, and all these kind of garbagey movies that no one really had interest in. My mom told me that when she took me to see The Little Mermaid it was the first time she took me to a movie that she enjoyed as much as I did. Wow. And that's for a parent, like back then, you're mostly sitting through stuff where you're like, when's it going to be over? And she really enjoyed it.
0: You know, one of the uh, one of the moments that I've had where I was like proudest as a parent was uh, I think my daughter hadn't seen the movie for a while and she was watching it. And then she sat there and she was old enough where she was like, you know, well, you know, Ariel doesn't really know that guy. Why is she in love with him? And I'm like, thank you. Thank you, I think I've done my job here. This one's gonna be okay.
1: <laughs> I mean, to be, and to be fair, your daughter is very right. She literally sees him for a second, speak to his dog and to that older gentleman, mm-hmm. and then the ship, like, has the storm happens, and she's literally just heard him speak for a second and has seen him. She knows nothing about him. He could be a total loser, and yeah. she has no idea. But she's, again, hearts in the eyes. It's something she's never seen before. And apparently, she's not been exposed to the boy mermaids, the merman down in the sea, because she's not interested in anybody down there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's a that's true. Why not go? I don't know.
1: Is oh. it a commentary about maybe it was a large? I don't think it was. But imagine if it was like a larger commentary on like finding love in different places and finding love with people different from you. Oh. That I would be on board with. But she really sells her soul to be with a dude. So yeah, that's really-
0: she does. The same-
1: she- Like her best asset she gives away. And that's the saddest part.
0: Yeah. Her superpower, basically what makes her special. She gives up for a man. And it's almost like, Jesus Christ, can you make this any sadder? Like a lot of women already do this kind of thing. Give up that their, their, their specialness for somebody else. And it's just like, what are you teaching people, man? Like, you know, she's, she, I mean, she doesn't even talk to the guy. For, like, the you first, just
1: see, I mean, you do see a lot of firsts with her when she's on land. You see her with the fork, realizing it's not a dingle hopper. Yeah. You see her like experience being on a little, um, not in, um, in a car, gondola but in or a wagon. Oh, thing. wagon. All yeah. the do, but also, they're in like a wagon where she rides the horses. So, like, you see her enjoying life as a person, not just making eyes at Prince Eric, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's not the reason she chose to go up there. But maybe if you looked at it differently from a different perspective, like maybe she was just choosing a different life and he was the catalyst. He wasn't the only reason. Yeah, I don't know. I've there, never really looked at it that way. I've usually looked at it as she wants the guy so she makes it happen.
0: <laughs> well, she's motivated, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I mean-
1: like, I, I, What is your favorite song from this movie then?
0: Oh man. Well, I mean, I'll tell you the one that I sing a lot is is um, is uh, part of that world. But the I think the song I like the most is "Kiss the Girl."
1: Oh, so cute! And with the, all the animals and everything, like yeah. uh, part of the scene, it's so
0: cute. That that is probably one of the best scenes too. Because I mean, I mean, under the sea is pretty cool, and I like Sebastian's voice. I think that's so much. There's so much fun happening there with his voice. But, um, but uh, Kiss the Girl is, is probably uh, definitely one of the more cuter songs, you know. It's like, you know, I don't know. The other thing, too, that I kind of like about it, uh, and I, I also feel weird about it, too, um, because I've seen people do uh, these uh, acapella songs where they go out to perfect strangers and sing the song mm-hmm. acapella with a group of other people. And they convince women to kiss them that they don't know. And I'm like, whoa, that song is powerful. Like, I guess it works, right? I mean, it worked in a movie. I
1: mean, think about it from from the perspective of, like, a kid like me who grew up with the movie. Uh And there's literally someone in front of you who's, like, serenading you. And there's a crowd. You're not going to be like, okay, back off, buddy. Like, you're going to let it happen, I guess.
0: I guess. But there were girls who were like, all right, bud take you know cool your heels here you know like and i was like yes that's what you do <laughs> you don't get i you don't, mean you know don't, you don't just put your yeah. lips on people just because no. they sang to you
1: no 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 i mean i could see my skin crawling if i was just watching someone sing to somebody else and that was what was anticipated or what yeah. they expected but i i will say though that like i think that like, this movie was given credit for kind of breathing life back into this whole, like, Disney world. yeah. And I think that right before this, they had done some, like, uh, live action stuff with animation, like uh, Roger Rabbit. Yes. So there were a couple of films that were getting better, but this is the one that kind of, like, it has everything. It's got the colors. It's got the songs. I mean, to this day, I can't name a Disney movie personally that I love the music as much as I love from this one. Like every single song. I couldn't even pick a favorite song from this movie because that's how much I, I mean, part of your world is like amazing. And of course also Kiss the Girl and Under the Sea, all great songs, but they're all good. Like, I just think it's such a solid movie that you can rewatch it now. And it doesn't feel like, I mean, yes, the animation styles have changed. Obviously we understand the technology's changed but it doesn't seem dated in terms of the story Outside of that aspect of the male figure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's it's I mean, I know it's got a lot of faults, but I, I I mean we've talked about and it
1: won two Oscars. It won two Oscars it's a, for it, it's a best good original movie. song and best score. Yeah. I mean yeah. it's it's I could just put the soundtrack on and be a happy lady.
0: <laughs> well, let's uh let's move on. My next um uh, number four on my list is uh Sweeney Todd the demon barber of Fleet Street. Mm. made 2007, director Mm -hmm. Tim Burton. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Now, this movie, um, holy cow, it is so rich. You know, one of the things that Tim Burton does so well is really, he really kind of does these dark, you know, like uh, almost, I don't want to say film noir, because he doesn't really kind of take the whole crime part of film noir, Mm -hmm. but he's got that darkness in in his in his movies and it's so rich and gothic and uh he he does it in in a lot of movies uh he's known for it but in this movie it's just so creative you know I I just I I, and I know that Sweeney Todd was a musical like an on-stage musical way before it actually came from a penny dreadful Mm -hmm. and um and it grew from there and became a stage play, then eventually became um, this movie. But it's, it, you know, Johnny Depp does okay singing. Uh, I think there are better people on in the in the in the movie that sing way better, like that Joanna, his daughter, Jane oh, Weisner, yeah. She really has some pipes on that on her. You know, like she can really. You know, they really
1: made sure to um, I mean, Johnny Depp is Tim Burton's, you know, you know, star, so to speak, in all of his very exaggerated gothic films that he does. But he really made sure to choose other actors who are not as big names who have got the pipes. Because if you've ever seen something like this on stage, you don't want to see the movie version and be disappointed in the voices. So obviously some were better than others, but Mm. I actually really enjoy Alan Rickman's character because you know him from Harry Potter he's got that like droll sounding voice but he also has a really lovely singing voice and it's very subtle and it's not over the top and I just think everybody did like the most with what their role was and I remember really being interested in the love story which I wasn't expecting to care that much but the again the act kudos to the actors for making that believable and I mean, this is another one with so many songs that I just, you know, um, you've got Helena Bottom Carter yeah. with the worst eyes in London. And now Helena is not a singer by trade, but she's a good enough funny actress and her comedy kind of carries her through that whole song.
0: She was, she had the most interesting character of the lot. Like, oh, yeah. I, I mean, the, the, um, the uh, Judge Turpin guy, the Alan Rickman character, He's, he's, he's got layers to him, but he's kind of gross, right? The, oh, yeah. uh, the Helen Bottom bon Carter character, she is, she is so interesting. Because, I mean, she played, you know, she's a quirky actress to begin with, right? But the Lovett, uh, Mrs. Lovett, or Miss Lovett, I don't I, Mrs. Lovett. I mean Mrs. Lovett, Mrs. Lovett is, is, is like conflicted and she's holding secrets back and she's in love with this guy and she's doing all these things for him so that he could have what he wants which is interesting I, I find very interesting but she in her own right is is also kind of a scary character she's she's willing to hide this guy's murders and she's willing to cook the bodies so she's not she's not like uh, she's a little different than than some of these like you know again like damsel in distress types she is not that she definitely has uh, ownership of 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 her life and her destiny she's she's just chosen to kind of help this guy and she's got her own little shop she's been making a living it's not the greatest shop she's got green pies right i mean no nobody's really eating these pies but somehow she's still she's still making it uh, and no longer comes.
1: I just can't get past those scenes where you see the bugs. Like it freaks me out. Like anytime there's a kitchen and a bug, it like it doesn't matter that it's a movie. It freaks me out. Yeah. <laughs> and well- here we are realizing they're making pies out of people. But what's bothering me are the bugs in
0: the kitchen. <laughs> well, you don't want to get sick. Bugs have all kinds of diseases.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And so does probably mr morrison who we just had for breakfast yeah. but, um, <laughs> but, but i think there's actually i don't know she's just like sometimes she can be too much in certain roles in this i think she was perfect uh-huh. she was always going to be cast because she was with tim burton at the time uh-huh. but that being said I don't think there, w- I have no problems with her in this role at all. Whereas I've seen stage versions where I'm like, eh, this person could have been more ABCD. Mm-hmm. Yes, Helena is not the most amazing singer in the world, but she doesn't have to be a certain range for this role. I mean, yeah. this role, it's cockney, it's very rough and tumble, and she's got that all down.
0: Yeah, she's, I think she's great in the role. I really loved her in, the, in this movie. And, and the way they made her up, I just love it when she just looks crazy. Right, when she's got the hair all up and the makeup is all dark looking and she looks nutty, you know, I mean, and she is, she's a little off and she plays that little offness, you know? She
1: is, but if you ever saw movies with her back in the day, she was very much a very princessy, like young girl in a lot of her movies she did. And then when she got with Tim, she started doing some weirder stuff. And I think she's better suited to it because she's got a quirky personality as it is. So why not bring that out in your roles instead of being boxed into playing an ingenue, which she's not. And actually, huh. after a certain age, no woman is able to play an ingenue role. So you better have other chops to bring with you, you know? Not yeah. chops of people's legs.
0: <laughs> ah, well done. <laughs> but, uh, but like, as far as... Did you know that they... I guess they they had met on some set, uh, Tim Burton and Helena, and they... They kind of bonded over this this story, Sweeney Todd. So yeah. So this is this is their love for Sweeney Todd is what brought them together. But I guess they never got married. They had like No, they
1: were never married, but they had kids and they lived together. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It, I'm like, yeah. whoa. They, I, and I guess their setup is a little different too. They have two separate buildings, but they're connected via a hallway.
1: I mean, if you have the money and you don't want to be around someone all the time, I mean, I don't see anything wrong with that. <laughs> Give me a castle with a moat and you could be on the other side of the moat. There,
0: there, you, there you go. So guys, anybody who's interested, Yeah. she wants two buildings. So
1: come visit me for dinner and we'll have some Jim Beam, but then you must go back to the other side of the moat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... But you know what I did notice about this movie too, which when you brought it back up, I didn't get a chance to re-watch it, but I will. I've watched it at least a few times. Um, How pretty the songs are, despite the fact that the background and the gothicness of it and the grossness of what they're actually doing in the pie shop. You've got like songs that Johnny Depp sings in his role, like um and uh alan rickman does reprises of like pretty women
0: pretty women
1: Um, the the male uh, character his name is escaping me um the love interest sings joanna it's very joanna joanna and it's all just like very sweet and pretty um obviously the worst prize in london is more rough and tumble but then you've got um not while i'm around i mean lots of really High register, pretty songs that kind of really play well with the dark backdrop of what the rest of the film and the stage play were.
0: Yeah, well, that does kind of like Tim Burton's kind of deal, right? He likes to play the two two opposites on the same kind of thing. So, like, like in in I don't want to bring up Nightmare uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, but he uses he's got he's got you know Halloween. And he's got Christmas, and he stuck the two together. One is dark, the other is happy, and and he's got this character that's trying to like sing. He does that here, you know. He does the same kind of thing here. He's got the sweetness of what you're talking about. These lovely songs, like "I will never let them hurt." I will never let anything hurt you. I forgot the name of the song or how it goes, but it's a wonderful song. And the little boy, the okay. little boy sings that's, it too. That's
1: not not while I'm around. Not, yeah, yeah. Um, so, it's so, I mean, it's interesting too because, just because you brought it up Nightmare Before Christmas, that's another one where like, it's so like, successful because it does these things well. It has charm, it has comedy, it has drama, it has sweetness, it has heart. At the end of the day, it has heart, which I feel like movies like The Little Mermaid also had a lot of. If you don't have heart at the center core of your story, mm-hmm. why should anybody care about it, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. And 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 like again, like not while I'm around that that song is a romantic song, and it's sung especially even even though the love interests are not exactly what you expect like the for the the little boy um the love interest was the older figure who he kind of saw as a mother, right, and so he sung it to her, and it's so sweet and touching, but he's willing to kill for her right oh yeah it, and and it it it's it's super dark like the song oh wait just
1: i pulled these lyrics up really quick just to like drive that home so no one's gonna hurt you no one's gonna dare others can desert you not to worry whistle i'll be there demons will charm you with a smile for a while but in time nothing can harm you while i'm around but then there's like it keeps talking about demons prowling demons being in the darkness but they're not gonna mess with you when I'm around. I mean, yeah. it's a sweet song, but it, again, it's going home to this idea of I will f somebody up. If <laughs> <thing is
0: different."> <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. And, and It's like
1: it, a veiled threat. It's a very sweet and affectionate veiled threat. <laughs>
0: yeah. To to anybody, <laughs> anybody who, who
1: like hurts your loved ones, hurts yeah. the people you. Know.
0: And 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 I mean, when you. I mean, and that's like anybody, right? I mean, if like when you really love somebody, you wouldn't want anything that hurt them, right? But it's a weird kind of thing that kind of put out there when you're when you're basically kind of admitting, "Hey, I I love you. I want you to be something in my life," you know. And in this case, the mother. I want you to be the mother of my life, like you know. And but and and I promise, I will kill people for you. Like, whoa, you know, like. So the kid's a little crazy, right? I mean, but anybody who says stuff like that and in a, kind of an initial opening, that kind of, you know, uh, willing to kill people comes along further down the relationship. <laughs> Usually not right in the beginning.
1: But it's, I mean, it, I think that this is one of those musicals, though, where they put a lot of stuff in your face that you know, a lot of us have dark thoughts or we think stuff like that. Like what would, what would I do if someone did something to my daughter, you know, a situation like that. And people have these dark places they can go to in their head and stuff they don't say out loud. And yet this original stage play decided to make music out of these dark thoughts. And I think that it's really genius because it's not something that you laugh at. It's not like someone took a really heavy topic and made it um, light. It's more so taking a heavy topic, keeping it heavy, but making it pretty and making it work within the context of the larger story. And as far as that, I mean, from the movie perspective, I've seen and been involved in stage versions of this play. Seeing it from the movie perspective, I wasn't sure how they were going to do that, even though it's not hard in terms of You know what you know your main sets you know what those are but the way that they brought in the heart i think for me was the biggest part and again it's down to the acting it's down to the talent and it's down to um people making these characters believable because they can be very on stage very over the top depending on who plays the role and i personally have never seen um Mrs. Lovett played as like touching as Helena, even though she's not trying to be that way. You feel for her in those scenes when she's on the beach and she wants to be with him and he's kind of like, eh, and she's like, well, if we're going to do this, then we all need to be together and be a family because I don't have anything else and you feel for her. And I mean, I can't say that I ever thought I'd feel bad for Helena Bottom Carter's crazy ass, but I did. (laughs) (laughs) because she is she's a very she's a very she's done a lot of films that are nothing like these you know the tim burton one she worked on she's very talented but i never expected to see it done that well where you feel for characters while they're pushing people's bodies through a freaking meat grinder mind you
0: yeah i I, i'm glad you brought up that scene that montage scene because i mean that's Mm. one of the things that that kind of uh that's part of the magic of of musicals right there there has to be that montage scene where there's like you know they're they're daydreaming right in this case huh? and, and this is ultimate tim burden like if i could summarize what oh, yeah. tim burden does it's what we're talking about it's this scene he's taking the absurdly dark and smooshed it inside uh, like a nice pretty world but it, the the just a position of the dark and the light in the same makes it funny it it makes it touching you know there but it's still kind of dark the dark edges are still there because there's he does it even in the in the uh, clothing like underneath this happy jacket or whatever there were like Mm. edges of dark shirts or whatever sticking out from underneath and and it, it was you know you know the and Uh, Johnny Depp's, like, face is still out, only thinking about vengeance. He's, 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 like, dazed and just not even paying attention to what's going on. Usually when they have this kind of musical montage, everybody in the frame is playing along. He is out in La La Land thinking about vengeance. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Mm -hmm. Helena has created this kind of family-like, you know, place where even that little boy
1: their weird little family it's just they're strange oh the song just came to mind it's by the sea and it's another song that's very much like by the sea it's very la da da and then at the it's got it's like more like uh melancholic melancholic ah, i can't talk moments that are kind of like it's always very Um, Let's make the best of our situation. Um, We're all in this together, even though we're a bunch of misfits, weirdos, you know, it's just very, it has a sweet touch to it. And I also wanted to mention that um, Colleen Atwood um, is the one who did um, the costumes for this. And she's very much known for like any period piece, big costumes, big craziness. And um, again, that juxtaposition of them and their weird stripes and dark. Hats and big umbrellas on this like beach scene in the middle of the day. It it brings me back a bit to uh, when we talked about Jaws as a horror movie and the fact that it's all mostly during the day, but it still has the ability to be creepy and weird. And it's such a great juxtaposition of Johnny there, kind of like with his head flopped down and Helena trying to keep his spirits up, but they're yeah. both these weird little goth people on the beach. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, that's exactly it, right? They're goths, like sunbathing yeah yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, they're so pale-faced throughout the whole movie and here they are in the sun they are probably melt I don't know like candles
1: <laughs> is this one you would let the kids watch or would you not
0: ah that's a good question uh probably not I, well they've I,
1: obviously not watched it yet right
0: so- no they have not I, I I watched it I watched it actually uh this morning while I was working out so it's oh my still- gosh yeah, well, I was. It's still fresh in my mind, and so it's. I've seen it before, but like.
1: Oh, Borat is in it too. Borat's oh yes,
0: in he it. is. He's the the Italian fake Italian yes. um. Barber. He's really
1: funny. I thought he was really good in it. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I remember. I was just like, wait a minute, that's Borat. You know, <laughs> I like I'm oh. like. I didn't
1: even watch the movie this morning, and all of a sudden I was thinking, and I went, "Wait, there's that scene, of Borat."
0: Yeah he's great too
1: he's a great cast. and again the people that aren't as well known um you know the girl the younger girl is not as well known the younger man the other love interest he was in harry potter but had like a one second scene so a lot of these people weren't really big names but i just think it was all well cast and my biggest thing with tim burton though is dude you can't put helena and johnny depp in every single movie together and now that he's not with helena I can't even think of what he's made recently but yeah. i think that he did this particular film like incredibly well it was cast like perfectly in my opinion because yeah. again as someone who's been involved in the stage musical you're always like oh god what's gonna happen with the movie and this one didn't disappoint me
0: yeah no it's great and he does all that stuff with like stages like st- he stages his whole mo- all his movies so everything's mm-hmm. done as a stage so it's like
1: oh i know making a beetlejuice two, so that's going to be the next thing oh
0: that's right is he actually doing Beetlejuice? i here? think he's
1: producing it i don't know if he's directing it or not mm. but um that'll be cool so oh no wait let me look this up really quick because i'm on this page he is directing beetlejuice too
0: oh that's that's awesome yeah it'll be nice but you know
1: what is a good example of this which i'm sorry i'm just going to mention quickly he did the movie dark shadows which was a revamp of an 80s tv show with johnny depp yeah that movie i did not enjoy at all and thought was garbage so more proof that you can't really necessarily keep the same cast and make everything work like it has to come together in a way that's not just your vanity project and not saying that tim burton does that but I think sometimes he does better to kind of move away from certain actors and kind of explore some of these more like unknown names.
0: Yeah i i um I haven't I haven't watched that one. Uh, I have seen The Dark Shadows. It's actually I think there's a '70s. It's originally a '70s series, and then but they it did
1: it. '80s. My mom watched and it, and it, and she was really excited for the movie. And then yeah. we saw the movie. Don't waste your time, Edgar. Don't waste your time. Oh,
0: that's really too bad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: not even close and it's just hokey yeah. and I was
0: not pleased. So Yeah. I I know which which yeah. dark I know which dark shadows you're talking about too cuz they they remade it in the 80s and it was really really good. Um and uh but they got it got canceled and I was like so disappointed. But anyway, uh let's continue on. Oh,
1: wait. We, we didn't talk about whether or not you're going to sing for us from each of these films
0: oh <laughs> uh, no Is that
1: just, for your kids?
0: <laughs> just 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 for the kids I, I i i said i i said i sing i didn't say i can sing you know that's kind of a yeah,
1: we can all we can all sing edgar yes we can all
0: sing. yes but can we actually sing
1: I I used to sing on stage but I have to tell you that something else that is very lucky of these actors to do is that actors at this level are going to get dialect training they're going to get singing training if they've not had vocal work before so if I got cast in this movie I would be very good because I'd have the best at my fingertips you know what I'm saying yeah whereas the average actor does not have the luxury if they're not getting cast in a Tim Burton movie they need to spend their own time and money to get those chops at the level they need to be. And even movies like um, Evita, I know they changed the uh, the pitch. range to uh-huh. be a lower range because Madonna couldn't hit the notes. And I'm like, that's not how that's supposed to work. No, wow. then you should have got someone who did it on stage because they could do a better job.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. never
1: change your life for Madonna, Edgar. Never change your life for Madonna. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, that was
1: ever an option.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I, 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 uh, maybe when I was young and she was the material girl, but not now. Not
1: these days.
0: (laughs) Not these days.
1: Um, oh, yeah, she's like 24 year old, so you're already out as it is. So, yeah,
0: yeah, I think I was like 10 or something when she was 24 or whatever.
1: No, no, no. She dates 24-year-olds now.
0: Oh, she's dating 24.
1: <laughs> she's dating a guy who's like 22 or something. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Hey, you know, more power to her. If men do it, why not her? Like, she's yeah. Madonna.
1: She's like 60-something.
0: If she can keep up, you know, I, I would never do that myself. Men or women, whatever. <laughs> Feel free to cut this whole section out. She's 62 years old. <laughs> she's 62 years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ yeah no I'd, I'd rather she
1: wouldn't date you because she likes boys that are the, the age of someone she could have as a child apparently Uh that's i'm really bored with that male or female i don't like that whole thing but you know if you can't keep up with people your own age mentally maybe you do need to go backtrack a bit i don't
0: know well and that's what i was that's what i was gonna say i mean like they, what do you talk about
1: exactly talk
0: about? there's there's nothing you can talk they don't know anything it's not that they they're dumb they just don't have the same amount of experience that you do or well he was
1: a backup dancer so essentially she likes him for his body and what he can do with it I'm assuming because I can't imagine they're discussing Dostoyevsky or something because there's (laughs) none of that I'm not gonna take a wild guess
0: (laughs) maybe maybe he's very very smart and you know I don't know Uh,
1: maybe they talk about Sweeney Todd all day long
0: (laughs) (laughs) we don't know we don't we we don't know we you know maybe yeah that's you know that's uh that's the life of people with money (laughs) but uh anyway oh uh, there's
1: a reason to start dating Madonna that's the first mistake I made was all you need to do is find someone with money and start dating them but okay all right Uh, next topic
0: (laughs) Uh so uh my number 3 is Greece uh made Ooh. in 1978. Uh The
1: movie that if it's on you can't turn it off. You can't turn it off.
0: Every single song is some of and some of the like, criteria of of why I pick some of these songs is kind of as kind of is kind of their position in in terms of uh creativity and um ingenuity and just kind of like technique right as we've spoken before already this one's one of these it's just so different right it's it was made in the 70s it was made in the late 70s but it's about the 50s and it's 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 so different you know it's one of the reasons I picked Sweeney Todd it's just so different so unique and the songs are so memorable like all of them like like I just I love them I love them all you muted.
1: I muted myself because there was a plane coming by and it was very loud. Um, so oh. I'm not far from the airport. Um, this is where you have the opportunity to actually sing, Edgar, and not just talk about the songs.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm, I, I was ready to sing. A...
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? There's something really funny about that one song. They changed the lyrics, I think, when it's played on television. Or they changed the lyrics for the movie because it was too sexualized. And now I'm not remembering the exact line. But What's- Grease, Lightning, when they're all around the car. Oh, yeah, yeah, There's yeah, yeah. a line that I think they had to take out because it was, like, hyper-sexualized. And they were like, everyone's going to get this and we can't get away with this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It, I'm not going to say what it is because I don't remember exactly, but it was a little fluid and I remember being like, yeah, this is a bit much even for, because especially, if ki- you know, kids love Grease and they run around singing all the songs. Yeah. Like the last thing you need is your kid running around singing the lyrics to this song, but.
0: Yeah, there's that one song. I mean, a bunch
1: of early, high school boys, like that's, and half the people in this movie were in their 30s playing age 17 or 18.
0: I don't know who the- I don't know who they were fooling. Those people look like 30-year-olds. I mean, oh, man. except for Travolta, <laughs> he was actually like in his early 20s. Like he could possibly pass for a youngin, you know? But everybody oh. else, Olivia Newton-John was like,
1: Channing. Okay, Stockard Channing. She is Rizzo.
0: She's like 35 or something.
1: He was born in 1944. So do the math to 1978.
0: The woman <laughs> was old. <laughs> <laughs> same thing with olivia olivia newton john she wasn't was though
1: is that i think that it's really hard and it's not impossible at all but i think it's sometimes hard to find an actress who can pull off being kind of the town hoe so to speak yeah um yeah. and seem like she has years of wisdom and she's wise about boys and she knows what she's got she's doing everything with her voice her body she she could tell she's older and i don't think that a lot of 17 or 18 year old girls without a lot of acting experience could pull that off but that doesn't mean you need an actress who's 35 or something you could have done this with a 22 year old yeah but she does kind of embody i always liked rizzo i thought rizzo was badass i was like she's a b i don't like how she's being mean to sandy but i do think she's like cool and That's because of how she presented herself, and some of these characters, though, like Kaniki, like you look like you're 49 years old. (laughs) Stop.
0: I think he was. I think he was actually like 28 or something. But yeah, he (laughs) he did not look young. And then there was that one girl, uh, Chacha. Her name was Chacha. (laughs) Chacha looked like she was 45. Like Chacha, Chacha, Chacha did not look young. She looked-,
1: looked like she'd seen some stuff before.
0: Oh, yeah. And it looked like she probably stabbed then, the- uh,
1: people, oh, that I'm trying is. to remember. Some of them had such funny names that I can't even remember them. But, like, oh, Kaniki, I always remember. Sunny. Um, French. Oh, Jan. Jan was horribly annoying. Oh, do you remember Jan? Jan was like the one that's like a brunette. And she's Oh,
0: just- yeah, yeah. She was, yeah.
1: Not very pretty, and she's kind of got this weird. I don't know something I just didn't like about Jan. Was, oh, and then Frankie Avalon as the Teen Angel. There are so many weird scenes in this movie where you're like, "What? <laughs>
0: what?" <laughs> and it but was kind
1: still of, fun, and you still enjoy it.
0: Well, that song, Teen Angel, um, oh, it's serious. it's hilarious because I remember thinking, "Oh, what a fun song!" And I watched it. I don't know about a week ago or whatever, getting ready for this podcast. And Then I was like listening to the lyrics. I'm like, damn, this song is a downer, man! Like, he's telling her you suck, basically, you should go back to high school, you know. And like, yeah, I understand what you're trying to do. You, you want her Pretty to go school for
1: the- drop out? You ain't no good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's not- it is kind of a like, there's a lot in this movie, though. Like, so if you haven't watched this movie recently, which you have, but for anyone who hasn't. Like, I always forget about the beginning, which is, like, when Johnny, uh, when, I'm calling him Johnny, when um, Danny, Zuko, John Travolta, when he meets Sandy for the first time, and they're on vacation, and this is, like, the summer vacation prior to them going back to school. Obviously, we all know that they're at school together, but I always forget about those, like, weird scenes. There's, like, the romantic scene of them, like, on the beach. And I'm like, huh? What's happening? Like, The scenes that mostly stick with me if I've not seen the movie in a while are any of the dance scenes. Like the dance scene at the school, these are like the best dancers. These people kick butt. Or when they're singing on the bleachers and talking about their summer vacation. Like that's the first thing I remember. But then it's like, okay, well, how did they meet on summer vacation? Yeah. But I'm always forgetting that because I kind of pushed the weird romantic, weird beach scene out of my head.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it's it's funny because it does, it's, it's, It's really kind of like, at least for when he sings, it's like the guys chiming in, it's really sexist. It's like, oh, does she have a girl that you could give me one? Like, dude, they're not trading cards. You know, you don't just, you know like there's all oh
1: my god Edgar. i mean little mermaid versus Greece. i mean there's some lyrics in there that are very much like did you get it on did you get her did you get some like that's all it's
0: about <laughs> i i know right and just like okay i understand that they're teenage boys but i'm like oh you know like oh like and so and, and then like her side was like oh he's romantic he's nice he's sweet right and he's like oh i did this i did this on this side i was just like oh like it's so gross like i like but how I, many
1: times have you seen a situation where he is a nice guy mm-hmm. at the end of the day yeah but he has to talk it up to his friends cuz they want the deets yeah. and he's like overplaying it and her version of course is it was sweet and innocent and lovely which it was and he decides to turn it into this overblown version of something it wasn't because yeah. you know you got to play to your dudes
0: yeah it, it probably still happens today in high school. It probably oh, yeah. it probably still happens. Oh yeah, I'm so smooth, right? You know, and then like... It, it's well, just
1: think about like, within the last 10 years, there's that movie with Emma Stone, Easy A, where she has to like talk Ooh. about how she lost her virginity because she doesn't want people to know she has it. So it's like a high school theme that's never really going to go away because that's at that age when people are like, here's who's doing it, here's who's not. And that's all that seems to matter at that age which is ridiculous because there are more important things to worry about kids, yeah. bigger things in the world. But I still just remember all the songs like at every grade school dance we had, you're the one that I want. Like we would all do a little oh. like choreographed dance to it. The boys would even chime in because they thought it was fun because there was a role for them. Yeah. And then like, just like, just, I don't know, happy songs. Like I just think of like having fun summer, like a lot of this has to do with summer vacation ending going to school and then the scene where uh, Sandy comes back is badass Sandy with her tight black pants and her cigarette (laughs) mouth, and she doesn't know how to put on with her shoe.
0: Um,
1: That is like, you know, you always had a carnival at the end of the school year leading into the next summer. So it was just like all that fun stuff that, I don't know, it makes you like just miss the past really.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's one of the things that that really kind of draws me to this movie because it's such a, it's got some serious topics It it Mm -hmm. it kind of deals with them not the best way, but I don't know. It glazes over
1: them a bit, yeah. Yeah,
0: but it's kind of like what it is to be young, right? And then um, but even if you're
1: 37 years old playing 16, (laughs) yeah,
0: you know, but (laughs) but in terms in terms of like the songs, the music, it's such a happy movie, you know. it, It is it is a lot of fun. Um, One of the weirder things in that movie is in the end, uh, uh, what's her name, Keniki and and Rizzo celebrate that Rizzo isn't pregnant, you know? (laughs) This is like, I'm not pregnant, you're not pregnant? Yeah!
1: As it is because it is really like, woohoo, party! Now we can get drunk and have a party. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's just like, dude, what? <laughs> Did you learn nothing? Like,
1: uh, oh, <laughs> they really didn't, they really didn't learn anything. No. I mean, I don't think anyone remembers or looks to Greece to be any kind of um guider of the young. No. Um, but that being said, I think that it's really just a musical about teens having fun and in the 50s that means we need to get some people like Frankie Avalon and some other big names to show up in our movie for a second and it's a different time but it feels more like it's from when it was made than when it's supposed to be set does that make sense
0: i understand exactly what you're saying but i feel because it's the you know it's 2020 it kind of gets away with it you know Mm. because we're so far removed from even 1978 true so but i understand exactly what you're saying like like they didn't really kind of take into there's a couple things wrong like in terms of time wise too uh because I believe it was set in 1958 or 59 or something like That's
1: that. Late 50s, yeah. Yeah.
0: So um, another problem, and and this is, I don't know, and, and I don't know how you would make this movie, if if you were to change it in any way. But it doesn't have any people of color, right? I don't want to, I don't want to throw that in there, but I'm not saying that it's. But I mean, in
1: the main cast, it certainly doesn't. I yeah. mean, there's well, no diversity represented at all.
0: Yeah, there is Chacha. She's like the one Mexican or Latin Hispanic person in the whole movie.
1: is she even, is she even in real life? Do we know?
0: <laughs> I don't think she is actually. Uh, I forget. I just
1: see a white girl playing that.
0: Yeah, say. she might be an Italian or something. But regardless, I, I, it's a whole can of worms because you you open that, you're definitely going to change the story, right? especially it being the 19, late 1950s, uh, it, it, you know, it, it's, it, so I don't want to throw that out at it and, and say that it's a bad movie because of it. But I, I mean, there's a, there's a piece of history there that you're not addressing. And I don't know how you would without drastically changing the movie. Cause I mean, oh, yeah. cause I mean, that's an all white high school. like. Which-
1: to be fair, there were probably pretty segregated high schools in the 50s, but my whole thing is it just never felt like the 50s, despite all the costumes. I just got this little, and this might have been me as a kid picking up on this, but because of the sexualized part of it, I sensed that even when I was little, obviously, because you got the guys like horn dogging it out when they're talking about poor Sandy, I just, I know men men have talked this way in some version for all of time, but the way that they do it, it just never, I never was fully immersed in the 50s. Like, despite yeah. the costumes, I was immersed in the idea that this is a high school and this is their life and I believe that part. Okay. I think that when, like, beauty school dropout and that stuff kind of came into play, that actually took me out of the movie a little bit uh-huh. because... It seems so 50s, whereas Uh the rest of the movie, even though they're talking about like, oh, this hot actor and this and that, and they're making references. It does not strike me as a movie that was from that time. And I think a big part of it is that they couldn't get away with talking about some of that stuff if it was. And you know that going in and you know that the movie came out when it did. But I don't think I let that influence me. I really do feel like it's one of those movies where I watch it, and I just get a feel about it that I'm like, it doesn't fully suck me into that time. But yeah. that's not to say it's not a worthy movie. It's not a great movie. It's not a fun movie. I just never would once believe that that was in the 1950s, like based on the way they talk about stuff. And yeah. uh-huh. again, maybe part of that is just down to the fact that I saw it when I did, like who knows?
0: I think, I think part of it might be dialogue. Like they could probably fix some of the things you're talking about with a little dialogue change. Cause it did, they didn't seem like they were talking like even they were in the fifties, I think, but I don't know enough about the fifties to actually say that. I do feel that I'm in the fifties when I watch it, when I see things like the car chase and even the weird oh yeah. beauty school dropout song, right. That puts me in the fifties. Um, anytime I see the car, Or I see the jackets, right? When I look at the jackets and they're and they're really popping the you know jackets with the weird haircut thing over their head and all that, that stuff it does does well in terms of like putting me there. But there are moments where I'm like, I forget that we're supposed to be in the 50s. And I agree with you, but it's it's so it's like inconsistent.
1: Something if that's the case, though, you know what I'm saying? Like you can put a a pink jacket on someone and you could have a girl who does this and the cars that are very well timed to when they're supposed to be. It's not like they're driving like a, you know, an 80 station wagon, but if you can't back, if you can't really bring people into a time outside of sets and cars and things and dresses that are super fifties, yeah, like that's a problem with it. And I do think some of the sexual stuff and like the references and the way they talk, I think that they took a little bit of liberty there, honestly.
0: I, I Oh,
1: and by the way, um Cha Cha, her name is Annette Charles. Yeah. She is Mexican Sicilian descent. Uh, she was actually, her real name is Annette Cardona, which is actually, um, obviously, Um, but they thought that her name was too ethnic. So they made her change her name. So she's playing this role at this time, which is obviously decades after it's supposed to be. But Cha-Cha, her real name was Annette Cardona. And she, for acting purposes, changed her last name to Charles because Cardona was too ethnic. Like they did this to people all the time. And there's your first example. Like, are they going to really represent ethnicity properly in this film if they can't even have actors at that time using the real freaking names like that's probably crazy.
0: not yeah so it's there's terrible. a huge there's a huge problem with the casting of this movie but it not that it excuses them it excuses them it, it was in 1978 it was 1978 and we as a culture definitely thought it a little different not it does it's not right it's just what it was have you like. ever
1: Hairspray with John Travolta as the mother figure.
0: Oh yes, yes I have. I don't remember it very well, but I have seen that movie. Uh, Travolta. When it came
1: out, I enjoyed it enough. Uh And that role is always played by a man, and I thought John Travolta was one of the strangest choices of all time. But as you know, with age, John Travolta has gotten stranger and stranger. (laughs) <laughs> um probably as he goes delves deeper into Scientology or something but um I really think that what's messed up about a movie like Hairspray is that that was made about 10 12 years ago they have to approach the black white issue in that fi- in that film that is part of the story the stage play that's set in the um, 60s. It's The whole song is, hey mama, welcome to the 60s. It's the whole thing. And it's a time of change. Even that film very much segregates the black people from the white people. And it's like, here, you have to be black. These five people, these five people have to be this. And now we're all coming together in magic because that's what we do. By the end of the film, I don't feel like anybody's learned anything. Mm. I feel very much like it was like we're making this movie about a topical thing. And oh, look, we get to have uh, Queen Latifah because she's black. She gets to be in the movie. Woohoo! And they couldn't think of anyone other than Queen Latifah to play the role, of course, because there's one black woman in the whole world. Um, <laughs> I mean, she's been great in movies like Chicago and whatnot. But uh-huh. I feel like it's like Hollywood at that time, even, was so confused about what to do with these talented actors and they had a small little pool of people that they had for each role of a certain ethnicity yeah. that 1978 did we really expect them to do something updated with this shit even though they clearly brought in the sexual stuff that i felt was not very 50s at all but yeah
0: yeah, yeah it's uh and yeah and... And it's
1: not that, and it's not about the topics not being accurate we've always all in high school talked about sex and romance and friends and love and football games but the way you talk about it has changed over the decades. Like the way people talked about that stuff in 1950 is not the way girls are talking about it in 2020, so. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, no, of course. Um, Yeah, I I gotta admit, I I have seen Hairspray. I don't remember it too well. And um, it's, here's the problem with Hollywood. The problem is, is that you have people investing in these movies and they're giving you a ton of money and they're taking a risk in funding this film right and so what they're looking for is the name that will bring in the 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 money they want or they want they want to be they want to make they want a good return on their investment i understand all that and so there's a there's a little bit of like a they're afraid to take a risk on a no name right and so that kind of limits the pool of people they want to take from right they're not gonna that's why in in back in you know in the earlier years of hollywood you had white people playing ethnic roles mm-hmm. you know yeah. so that's or
1: people that were really just not appropriate for any role mm-hmm. be, but because they were a name the studio needed them in order to make this film successful yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. so like um for example the there's that uh, one there's there's a few movies and even fairly recent there is uh, ghost in the shell they had
1: oh god Scarlett Johansson Scar- as a freaking Japanese person
0: That that that's a problem there was that other that movie
1: was, it's why I refused to watch that film and it made me so angry because it was something that I was excited to see and I was like this could have been done so well and been just actually more successful had they not stuck her in this role and it turned out to not be that successful at the end of the day and people were in an uproar about it and rightfully so
0: yeah well i think it was
1: what 2015 or something yeah like it was
0: it wasn't very far it wasn't very long ago and and it's just like people actually kind of boycotted that movie because Mm -hmm. of it they would have done fine if they just would have picked a no-name actor i'm
1: telling you if you have a certain genre or certain um you know you have a like something like harry potter they picked unknowns for that it was always going to be successful because of people who were invested in that franchise the idea of it from the books Mm. ghosts in the shell obviously has its audience already built in find a good little actress who can play the role who's appropriate for the fucking part like that that had me livid, and on more than one occasion, by the way, Scarlett Johansson has dipped her little foot in places she shouldn't be. She so that, <laughs> that, should have taken someone else's advice, which I'm sure was given, which is don't touch this project. But she chose to do it anyway.
0: Yeah, that's probably someone and then probably told her.
1: Like, We're actors; we can do whatever. And I'm like, you obviously didn't get the memo that Hollywood is changing, and what they should have been doing 50, 100 years ago and putting people in these roles that are more appropriate for them is now starting to be done. And if you're going to take this role on in this year, you're a fucking idiot. I'm Man. sorry. I just, I don't agree with her taking that role at all whatsoever.
0: I had a huge problem. And and it, I am a big Ghost in the Shell fan. Selfish. Yeah. Uh, and I would have I seen that movie in the theaters and I did not because Scarlett Johansson mm-hmm. was the lead. That's the only reason. That's the only reason I didn't see it. What did you
1: end it? up thinking of the movie anyway? Once you did see it?
0: I haven't seen or- it. I've actually, uh, me and uh, not my cousin Dan are gonna watch it. Um, so we're gonna do a thing on it. That's when. Um, so, but.
1: Yeah, I still haven't watched it, and it's all down to her. Like it's all down to the casting, and it's like, this was a film when I heard that it was being made, I was really excited about, and then when I saw who was cast, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, That's like exactly what I said and I've still not watched it and I really don't think that there's a reason for me to watch it because I can watch other animated stuff that's in that same vein and I can watch other live action stuff that's in that same vein and sorry Scarlett you ruined it for me and that's like that's the worst because it's not even like having someone play a role that you hoped someone else would play Mm -hmm. it's just not right it's just not right period
0: there's and and this is
1: what's gonna happen are you gonna talk about how fucked up it is
0: we're gonna do (laughs) i mean that's what you should do (laughs) it's gonna that has already come up in, in other podcasts and it probably will come up when we do that podcast eventually but we were talking about we're gonna watch the animated version we're gonna watch the live action version and then we're gonna talk about and compare the two
1: I'll be interesting, interested to hear your opinions on that just because I have zero plans to watch it. I did once turn it on and then about, I swear, it must've been three minutes in, I was like, fuck this. And I just <laughs> shut it off. <laughs> it had nothing to do with like the credits or how it opened. I just kept thinking about it and I was like, why am I watching this? Fuck it, A. And I turned <laughs> off. it off. <was laughs> but I mean, how, I mean, how upsetting, like, I'm upset as a white woman who likes ghosts in the shell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Imagine how people felt who really relate to this character, like who are part of that actual ethnicity and have that background. Like, I would be livid. I would be fucking livid. I'm yeah. sorry. Just it's so irresponsible on the parts of everyone involved in the project.
0: I think Hollywood is finally getting it though. I think they're yeah, fine finally finally. because uh because the roles like Black Panther, right? Yeah, Black Panther.
1: Oh, here and by the way, there's proof that a movie with black people about black people can be successful. Yeah. Like, did you need, how many, we didn't have to make Black Panther though to figure that out. And the fact that a lot of Hollywood had to realize it that way, oh, there's the dollars. Now we see the dollars. Yeah, That's pathetic. That really tells me that they don't know their own business because you cast the right people in the right roles and the fan base will come with you.
0: Yes. Simple. And and, the, and it's just that, right? You, you already have, like, like you said with Ghost in the Shell, you have your built-in fan base. Just mm-hmm. make just make the movie that people want to see. You know, just that's just awesome. just cast the characters that belong in those roles or the people that belong in those in those roles. Uh, th- that's and at the end is- of the
1: day. If it's not a good movie, you can say it wasn't good because uh, you know, mm-hmm. this girl or this guy, or they yeah. can make excuses. But we all know what was wrong with this one, and yeah. it's a very simple fix. Don't put a fucking High paid white actress who has nothing to do with this kind of role, shove her into this genre uh-huh. and stuff around people's throats. Like as soon as I heard she was cast, I was like, I don't want to see this now, and I'm sad. Like, that's bad. That's yeah. really bad. If you have someone who's part of that fan base. And I'm not saying like I'm a fangirl or anything, but like I followed it for years. I was excited about it. And in an instant I saw her name and went, Nope.
0: Nope. Wow. I that's that's interesting. I would never have guessed that you were a fan of uh, Ghost in the Shell.
1: Yeah, that's just something like I think back when I started getting more into anime and like I started reading more graphic novels, which, I again, I won't profess that I do that constantly. Uh-huh. But I took on a certain thing. I think I've told you about Hell Girl before. There's certain uh-huh. weird things that like, popped up late at night on my TV and I'm like, I want to know more. So then I saw something and it said, we recommend this and we uh-huh. recommend that. But for me, I already had this character in my head, and I'll tell you, it didn't look like Swedish-ass Scarlett Johansson. (laughs) Well, do you remember to this movie? um, Oh crap! I'm sorry, I'm going to get off topic for just a second because you know I never do that. Um, (laughs) Oh shoot, shoot, shoot! I read the book Cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas. Yes,
0: Cloud Atlas
1: very long movie which took characters that were white and made them look asian
0: it's a very weird movie
1: there are parts there's actors that i love in that i saw in particular for one actor i love ben wishaw who plays even a female role that i didn't know until after the credits role that he played because he's that good and it was all the prosthetics and he played the wife of this one character but he plays like a bunch of different roles but Ah, uh, Jim Sturgis, who's a British actor, plays this one character where they like make his eyes like to Slanty, look like
0: yeah, Asian. As well.
1: And the minute I saw that, I was like, you just took me out of it. You took me out of it. I don't like this. and that's kind of how I felt like I know Ghost in the Shell wasn't gonna look like that, but the idea that you would change someone at all to make them fit a mold the way you think it should look, I just didn't like that at all.
0: I had a real problem with that, too. I understood what the Roshesky, Wachowski- People were yeah. talking about, and, and were what they were trying to do. Just for me, it's I, a
1: very big task. It's that movie is a huge task. It's a massive book. I've read it. It's this big. Yeah, making it into a movie. How did they even do that? But here's the thing: they made it work in certain ways, but other ways, stuff like that, it doesn't work at all. I thought it's it was.
0: Wrong. I thought it was. Yeah, it was fantastic in some places, but that that. I agree. When I saw that, I was just like, Oh, I don't like this. I don't like it. It's weird. I could see it's prosthetic. He doesn't have Asian features. It's just the eyes. Like you sh- I can't do this. And, and I remember. The end the day,
1: even if you're not looking into it, into uh, the view of like what's right and wrong to portray on film. Yeah. It's a simple thing where if it takes the person out of the scene and they go, Whoa, whoa, wait, like you've already failed because now I'm out of that scene and I'm going, Wait, that's Jim Sturgis and he's British, but you're making him look Asian. This is fucked up. I don't like this. Yeah, they,
0: <laughs> you broke the suspension of disbelief, right?
1: Absolutely.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. What's up? I'm in the middle of a
1: podcast.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. All Let's day. go
1: watch Greece, Dad. Let's go watch Greece.
0: <laughs> yeah, just uh, cover your... I want
1: to see a year old woman play a 14-year-old girl. See how my ages keep widening? Now she's 38, and she's playing a 14-year-old.
0: <laughs> next, she's going to be 60, and she's going to be 13. Yep,
1: yep. She really, I mean, it was hard, but she, she made it work. She made it work. She had her kids off the
0: Yeah. They, they used prosthetics. She looked young. All right. So <laughs> next movie uh, is Mary Poppins. Uh, mm. I I... I Love the first mary poppins did up with i did i grew up on mary poppins mm-hmm. uh when i was a little edgar girl i would go to school and they would play it in uh in the lunchroom on certain like like holiday type days so they would and they had the old 60 millimeter film and they put it on that projected thing and then projected
1: the medicine, and they said, Take your medicine. A spoonful of sugar will make it go down. Oh,
0: Jesus. I don't know. Maybe <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds more like a mental ward than a school, but
0: yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't tell the difference. Um, but yeah, so wait, uh, they
1: just like showed you guys the movie, like what was going on?
0: I don't remember. I think it was like some kind of like, um, it, it, it was probably like some like saint's day. I went to a Catholic school. So there was probably like some Saints Day or something, some kind of day of celebration, but we weren't off the school. So like they took like an hour and a half a day, uh, an hour and a half out of the day, and brought everybody down to the lunchroom and showed movies like once or twice. Once or,
1: yeah, I went or to twice out of school, day. we did some we were very busy, obviously, in our
0: Catholic <laughs> school. Oh, <laughs> money well spent. Um,
1: yes,
0: but yeah, like, like uh, man, spoonful of sugar. You know, that's one song you can't... Uh, Chim Chiminy, another song you can't forget. Uh, Vic, Dick Van Dyke, you know?
1: You do know he was, like, so shit on for his, like, depiction of a British person, right? Are you like, serious?
0: Like... Why? Well, his accent
1: is terrible, Edgar. It doesn't change the fact that, like, I, too, love this movie and it's magical. Uh-huh. And it was proof that Julie Andrews could bring money to the box office because... Um, My Fair Lady, which I love everything about Audrey Hepburn, but the only reason Audrey was cast in that was because she was considered to be a bigger box office contender at that time, uh-huh. and Julie Andrews had played the role of My Fair Lady on Broadway, but she was denied the ability to be in the film, which is very sad. But then she comes out with Mary Poppins and it's so successful and it was kind of like eat it bite me it was great cuz i mean i'm sure julie um julie andrews was like eat it bite me i don't think she said that but <laughs> she was like Look, i i she was probably feeling pretty good when she yeah. saw the box office for mary poppins because like she's just so magical in that and like who doesn't love like there's weird like quirky stuff in that movie like from the grandpa who I'm afraid might have dementia of some sort. I always kind of forget what went on with his story. <laughs> and Then you've got the mom who's the suffragette, but she's like a sexy suffragette who's got like her pink sash and she's all like got her cute dress on and the kids are adorable. I mean, I honestly other than Dick Van Dyke's accent, I can't find anything wrong with the movie.
0: I thought I thought I you know, it's like a really young no way,
1: Mary poppins oh, do you really think that's a good british accent that's like, really like,
0: too bad because i i try when i try to make a british accent i want to sound like <laughs> Dick van dyke <laughs>
1: he's an american man who can't do an accent who does a british accent like so remember that for the future for it's the, pretty much like the hollywood example of don't cast an american in a role like that or at least make sure they can do an accent that said he's dick van dyke so he's just as charming mm-hmm. as Julie Andrews and they're adorable. Well,
0: you know, for the longest time, as again, a little kid, I thought Dick Van Dyke was uh, was English. I didn't know any better. He fooled oh. me. I was like, no. Hello, Dick, Gabbanae. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you watch that movie and I run around in the, my little Catholic school in my uniform saying, Hello, Dick, Gabbanae. Just like- Oh
1: my God. Oh, my God. I just want to, like, find the worst. I'm trying to think of, like, the worst <laughs> quote. The Where he's w- just like, oh, my gosh.
0: Well, just Jeez. him saying Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins.
1: Oh, Mary Poppins. Poppins. Everything's very Poppins. He was burnt. <laughs> I'm just trying to think if he, like, okay. It's just so like it's over the top. Like Cockney is really what it turns out to be. But it, you know, it,
0: the whole movie is over the top. I, I'm defending Dick Van Dyke. Let's cut Dick Van Dyke some slack. He's awesome.
1: No, and he's and he's still at it today, isn't he? He's still kicking.
0: He's. Well, um, yeah, I mean, he hasn't kicked the bucket yet. No.
1: No, but yeah, there's no real line that jumps out at me. It's just like the oh here he's got the so before they sing the one song he's got the winds in the east mist coming in like something is brewing it's so like he like tries to cockney it up a little too much let's be honest people that have cockney british accents which is like really not a thing but like it's not really a thing but people that are shall we say, not as well off British people that live in certain areas, London <laughs> and parts of the country, they do have this more rough and tumble thing going on but he like drives home each syllable to the point where you're like, it doesn't sound like a person talking anymore, it doesn't even sound real. <laughs> but, I him, but I still love him and like the pen, you know, for the birds, when they go and they feed the birds and the tuppence and there's some sad parts. Arts and dad's losing his job and you know there's a lot of like heavy stuff for kids and i think the kids are really good actors too like they don't really do the heavy singing at all mm-hmm. but they're good little actors and you feel you feel bad for them when their eyes fill with tears you're like oh god that's so sad um but the animation in this one is the other thing that's super cool though right
0: yeah it's it's interesting right because they go to the park or whatever and then all of a sudden they're in like this weird land where the there's talking ducks and all kinds of other stuff, and it's just weird. And it's you've
1: got like baddies, you've got like bad characters there, you've got the penguins that are dancing. It's just so bizarre.
0: It is very bizarre. I I you know what's funny? I think I've seen this movie like a thousand times. Like I like I, I know I've seen it at least, at least once, you know, one through eight, right? until I was in eighth grade, I saw this movie once a year, so I watched it at least eight times.
1: Well, because your school was definitely showing it to you on all of these Saints days.
0: Yes, yes. We, well, there was that and uh, it was uh, Herbie the Love Bug and Chitty Chitty oh, Bang Bang.
1: Man. Your teacher was like, put in the VHS of Herbie! Get these kids to shut up! No,
0: it was it was film. They had a projector. They put, they put these film reels on and we would oh, watch... You Film reel. <laughs> yeah we got film reels we got the projector going and we would watch this movie
1: fancy high school we have like a tv that you just carted in and shove the vhs in
0: yeah no and everybody everybody was in there from i think from from one to five and then from six to eight or whatever they would divide the school no, up
1: yeah, School assembly. we had school assemblies like that too um but we never watched we never had the joy of watching mary poppins and like it's a character that's lived on with broadway there was recently a movie called mary poppins returns, returns with Emily yes. Blunt, which my favorite actor ben wishaw is in he actually plays the grown-up michael and he has this like very nice soft-spoken almost talking song he does and it's like a character that lives on like it's but i'm trying to think of what like what like drew you to it as a kid? Like what made you like her? Because I think I saw it for the first time and I saw it when I was a little older. I didn't see it when I was super little. So I never got that idea of like, oh, I look up to Mary Poppins. I thought she was kind of a bitch, but that's because I saw it when I was like 10 or 11 and she's telling them what to do. And I'm just like, who does she think she is rolling up in here and telling everybody what to do? (laughs) Well, my my view of her was at first like oh this nanny thinks she knows what's up and she just came out of the sky
0: i remember thinking um i was there the whole as a kid anyway her coming down out of the sky was really interesting right as a little kid you see this and it's just like wait a minute this movie starts like this she comes she comes down with an umbrella and so that is kind of like one of the pieces that kind well, of well
1: coming down
0: well yeah she's got magic right she she's she's got magic so she so that's so and there, there's a lot of magical realism in this movie just in general like she's got that purse that just doesn't ever end you know she can pull out all kinds of stuff out of there so it, it's just like uh i think for that's a kid
1: actually one of the-
0: that was one of the what
1: that was one of the coolest parts like to think of this idea that you have this unlimited bag and they actually stole that in harry potter because hermione has a bag like that in the harry potter series so there's definitely mary poppins makes its way into other series as well
0: yes yes no yeah it's uh it's a super it's just that i think that and some of the songs like as a little kid, you know, it sticks with you. And I, I think just the magical part, because I'll tell you right now, as a little kid, I did not like the scene in the park. I thought it was weird. It was really weird for little Edgar. But uh, but all the other scenes with the music and the spoonful of sugar and all that stuff and the, and the, the scene where they're at the grandpa's house and they're, it's the grandpa's house where they're like floating around, right? On the ceiling where they get gassy. They have to burp. Wait,
1: wait, wait. wait. Are we talking about Willy Wonka now?
0: Am I confusing Willy Wonka? No, no, no. There's a scene in... Where they're
1: floating?
0: Where they float up, yeah. They're visiting...
1: Am I forgetting this?
0: They're they're visiting an old man or somebody. And I I haven't seen... You know, this is one of the movies I didn't see for, for this podcast. Like, I haven't seen, but I've seen a thousand times. But there's a scene in this movie where they're, like, visiting this old guy... And oh,
1: Mr. Wig! It's the laughing gas scene. I totally yes. forgot about that. Yes. Totally forgot about. And
0: they're that. laughing their head off, and they're up in the they're up in the ceiling, and they I think they have to think about something sad to come down or whatever. Or...
1: Back down. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So,
0: but yeah, the burping part I got confused with Willy Wonka.
1: But there's some deep there's some deep emotional stuff in this. You know, the idea of your parent losing their job, of not having um, your loved ones around. Um, to feeling lonely as a child there's like a lot of sad themes and to be fair in my defense Mary Poppins does kind of come in like let's get this shit cleaned up mofos like it's not all like sweetness and she comes in like cuddling them she comes Uh in and she's like we got shit to do like and she's like I'm gonna clean this place up and they admire her because of that and they're kind of like astounded by like they have this powerful dad and they have this suffragette mom, but now they have this lady they don't know coming in and like trying to make stuff like put into order. And at first they question it, but then they're like, wow, this is interesting. And that's like something else that we've been talking about. The idea of like female figures that are like powerful, like yeah. she's not a shrinking flower. This is a woman who like comes in, she gets the job done and then she goes, see ya. Yeah. Cause you don't need me anymore. And and also, she's like she's kind of like a freak of nature. Because where does she go? Does she live in the sky? Do we know where she lives? I don't.
0: I, I think <laughs> she starts in the she starts in the clouds or something in the beginning of the movie. I think she's sitting I up mean, in the cloud. I where
1: does she go? That's the question. You know, she's she's not someone who lives in a house. So where does she go? It's it's kind of weird. And then I have to agree with you on the um the animated portion because even though I saw it when I was a little older, and by older I mean 10, 11, and not like five. Um, it just felt a little out of place a little discombobulated because it was not in the rest of the film yeah. and then all of a sudden you have these characters and this whole other scene happening
0: see like but i think the the other thing too is um, man i forgot what i was going to say is something more along the lines sorry. of no 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 it's not your fault um but one of the things that i like about this movie is is a uh, and and some of the other and one of the reasons i have i have it except for maybe um Sweeney Todd there's all the other movies when in most of them they have a musical number there's choreography there's a huge dance number oh, yeah. and, and especially like in in the movie like Greece right uh and there there's a little bit of this too in this movie where there's choreography and there's it, it's it's I mean, I know that there's a soundtrack, right? They, they, they record the music beforehand and maybe they play it and, or they have some kind of beat machine on set. They just follow the beats and mouth the words or whatever. But some of these people sing these songs, right? Like Julie Andrews is singing, like maybe not on set, but she sang the song. And to have to like dance to like this, you have to be really talented to do some of these movies.
1: Edgar, have you seen a thing called theater?
0: Oh yes, I have. Uh, not very much, so, but yes, I have seen theater.
1: I have to, I have to laugh because what just came to mind was another mention of my least favorite person, Scarlett Johansson, um, where she did this movie recently called Marriage Story, and it's like a marriage falling apart. And someone tweeted about it, and they said there's a scene where Scarlett has to touch this and do all these actions and walk and talk and remember all this dialogue. I mean, if that doesn't deserve an Oscar, I don't know what does. And someone replied and this started trending and it was like, wait till you discover stage acting. (laughs) 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 If Julie Andrews came from the stage, right? So she was already someone who can do this well. And this is another example of like, there's sometimes people, they put in movie musicals, they they've done a lot of movies, but they've never done a play on stage or a musical. And it's a, you need to be a very talented, hardworking person to do that kind of work. And Julie Andrews came from that world. So she already knew it. And when people have to keep up with people like that, that's when you kind of can tell the difference between the talent level sometimes. And you're like, Oh, hmm." because she's had to do all of that. She's had to make quick, quick, uh, uh changes for her costume yeah and about to go on and do another 10 pages of dialogue with four musical numbers like she's got it she knows what she's doing and like she's just a talented chick she's just really talented
0: yeah she's so very talented this this movie was just i and and movies like this is one of the reasons i i i really enjoy musicals because it's like it's not just about the sets you know but these movies in particular they have good stories in some cases um but there's also like the uniqueness of the set. There's the talent, the singing, the dancing. It's a lot of goddamn work. It's a lot of work. Not only like putting these movies together, but also in writing and and, and creating the stages, but also like the actors are doing a ton of work. There's a ton of work on the writing side. You have these people who are writing music, right? It's just it's a giant task. Giant, it's a huge giant
1: as a producer, because you have to kind of curtail all this and you have to kind of manage all of these personalities and all these different things. And again, we've seen musicals that have done well on stage that don't really lend themselves to the film version. Yeah. But when they are good, that's a testimony to all the hard work of not just one person, but dozens and dozens and dozens of people. And it's it's it, and because you're a person who's coming from the standpoint that you care about art direction you care about story that stuff's going to matter to you and if you see a bad musical you're going to know it because you're going to go okay yeah they can all sing but everything else falls flat you need it all to come together and be a good film while also being a good musical while also being a b c d it has to do a lot of different things
0: it's and it's it's like how do you make it like how do you have chemistry how do you have talent how do you have good set design a good story it's like it's it's like you're adding more crap on top of more crap that could go wrong and yeah. some of these movies i don't know how they. it's like a, it's a miracle that they're as good as they are you know um yeah. mary poppins i think is in a lot of way flawless it, it, except for maybe that that animation scene because it does kind of break the the uh again the the whole uh suspension of disbelief for me but in terms of just uh, there isn't a problem with the movie there isn't something I'm like ah you see you could have done that better you know it's already kind of she's already kind of a magical person so there's a lot of stuff that she can get away with just in general because you did that and and that's
1: how I always looked at that scene even as a kid I at first was like this is weird and I always thought it was weird but then as I got a little older I was like But you already know Mary Poppins is kind of a weird lady who lives in the clouds. And plus, from an intelligent person standpoint, even at that age, I realized, okay, they're able to do this kind of animation and they're trying to find a way to do it in the live action scene. It makes sense to me. And um, it does take take you out of it for a second. But overall, I think that it's not something that I had on any of my lists, but I've definitely watched that movie. Apparently, I forgot laughing gas completely um i will say there were a couple of scenes in the film that were so sad that as a young kid i i didn't like that part of it probably just because like my dad had died and i Mm -hmm. was little and like the idea of losing someone was scary to me but it it hit home and it definitely but that's why i didn't watch it a million times is because i kind of found it sad but i also think it hits on all the things you mentioned right it's got the musicals it's got the chop the acting chops it's got the good kid actors do not underestimate the power of a good little kid actor if a little kid is a bad actor that ruins the whole effing movie in my opinion
0: and no you're right it does because then you're like oh that's it a kid works. yeah you're taken it out, of you it. out
1: of it all you look at the whole time is like this kid can't fucking act Get this <laughs> kid some fucking acting lessons. <laughs> You're so angry because everything else going on is good. And you're like, whose son got cast in this role? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that happens a lot. That happens a lot. You'll see the producer's name and you're like, interesting.
0: Yes. Nepotism at work.
1: I wonder if they're related. (laughs) By the way, my Jim Beam is kicking in. There you go. (laughs) Just in time to stop talking about Mary Poppins.
0: Yes. On to the next one. And my number one and last last movie uh, is The Wizard of Oz made in 1939. Mm, now, classic. Classic, classic movie. Um, it's it's my number one. Cause it's probably one of the my not only my like probably my first musical I've ever watched, but also like Did
1: you watch it in 1939?
0: Oh yes, I traveled through time as a baby and watched it back then. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought not... maybe you were alive then. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, no, you know I, I traveled. Through Look time.
1: up your age, Edgar. It's okay.
0: <laughs> anyway, uh, no, it's it's, um, and it's definitely more memorable because uh, there's there's the I think one of the things that really kind of makes it stick with me is is that it's black and white or sepia colored in the beginning and then you switch to the full color
1: through the power of movie and filmmaking
0: yes and so then it's uh and i think that's one of the reasons because it kind of really does bring in the magic to to a little kid and also i didn't realize this but it takes a long time for this movie to get going
1: Oh, heck yeah, it does.
0: Yeah, they're in that Munchkin Land for like.
1: It. You rewatch it though, right? Because you remember it being a certain thing and then you go back and you're like, wow, get it moving, kids. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, they, they didn't get out of Munchkin Land till like, like 45 minutes into the movie. I'm like, damn, this movie's just getting started. Well, how long is this goddamn movie? <laughs> you know? How
1: long is it? though it's only about two and a half hours if that not even probably let me,
0: let me see no i don't think so i think it's like an hour and it's an hour and a half or something here let me look it up real quick uh, that i do not have in my notes um but uh but man like judy Godlin. i grew up
1: in a family full of like wizard of Oz fans to the point where like these days I still get my mom and my aunt like Wizard of Oz themed Christmas gifts because that's how much they love the movie.
0: Are you serious?
1: Yeah. I mean, they grew up with it. My mom was born in 50. And the movie came out in 39, which means the movie was already kind of a favorite of my grandparents. So then naturally my mom saw it pretty young. And I mean, who doesn't like the idea? I mean, I don't want to be in a tornado vortex. But I <laughs> would love to like go to Emerald City and, like, go avenge the death of whoever. I mean, honestly, that I'm trying to think about how that even, like, comes to fruition because there's so many different stories before the film was made. Like, there's a book, right? There's a book and there's sequels. It's just a world that I'm surprised that people haven't taken even further. Like, they have to a certain extent, right? Like, there have been miniseries that have, like, played off of it. But no one's really done it to a point where it's can live up to the original.
0: There is a there's a couple of like uh, sequels to this. There's a there's this there's like one straight sequel, and then there's there's a like a
1: Return to Oz.
0: There's an animated yes, a Return to Oz, and then there's Return
1: an, of, an... Is one of My favorite movies of all time, and it's nothing like Wizard of Oz, but I still love it because it's like a be dark eighties movie. Um, I, we could we could do a whole podcast about that movie. It's so freaking weird. I love that movie so much. But it does take some of the characters from the books. Whereas Wizard of Oz, the original film, is kind of it's a simple story. You know, you don't have a ton of characters, like specifically. You know, you've got the main Tin Man, Scarecrow. Uh, who else do you have? The Lion. The lion. Um, Dorothy, her gri- her Auntie M, and the ben, dog. Like, skins and then like the people in emerald city but you don't have like they meet this guy they meet this person they meet that you don't have that it's like kind of a pretty tight-knit crew in the original one
0: yeah it's interesting how this story um about this movie started too because it's like the creator of the wizard of oz books originally he started kind of like how um the writer of the harry potter books started he just started telling stories to the kids when they mm-hmm. go to bed at night and then uh, I don't know how he got from there to, you know, to pen the paper, but eventually that's what happened. He started writing these stories down and they became books. And next thing you know, this is
1: like, there are so many artists Edgar, that I am just like frustrated with myself because I have crazy dreams and I've heard so many artists and writers, which are artists as well, uh-huh. but people they've like directly taken from their dreams and that's how they came up with these movie ideas and this and these book ideas and i'm like i have got a list of ideas but i've done nothing with it and for someone to come up with something that has literally lived in people's imaginations that long like that's like harry potter later in time but also similar and if jk rowling keeps her mouth shut about a couple different topics she might still be successful Um, I think that like someone could start off with this, like you said, an inkling of idea, a way to get the kids to go to sleep and make them happy, and then they suddenly have this amazing story, classic thing that's lived on this long. That is like more people should take that advice from people and go, hey, just take these nuggets of ideas you have, just take this weird dream, take this crazy story. You might think it's weird. But look at the movies that people make and what they're about in the books people write. Shit's weird. Like, just get your pen on the paper and do it already. Because in what other world, like, back then, would you be like, yeah, I got the story. This guy's stuffed with straw. He's going to go on with this girl. She's got, like, a little dress. He's, like, shoes that aren't hers. And then it's, <laughs> like, they're they're trying to like hang out with these other people, but they don't really want to. And there's this guy that doesn't have a heart. And then there's this annoying ass lion. Like, <laughs> and you know, if you look back at like people who wrote these stories down originally for book form or for movie form, whatever, what have you, a lot of these people are characters from their lives, which they play off at in the Wizard of Oz because yeah. when she wakes up, these are people that are actually in her life. And it's like, holy shit, it was all a dream or mm-hmm. was it? because she does go back but not Judy Garland but someone else does um so i just I, I don't know i really i feel like there's nothing that can knock that off its pedestal the wizard of oz is like in a world of its own like its own special place
0: there was there was a time where we were watching wizard of oz like every other day like my my kid my daughter i think she got to about 3 or something and it was that and i think frozen or something else was like on rotation and i'm like i can't watch these movies anymore but i mean that that wizard of oz is such a a great movie i mean it's so this girl gets transported to this other world right it's another kind of alice in wonderland story Mm -hmm. but it's a musical right and you got the you know great songs like the Munchkinland song and then there's like the yellow brick road i mean who doesn't know the yellow brick road you know uh, and or we're off to see the wizard right we're off to see the wizard
1: Elton john wrote a song called goodbye yellow brick road so he was trying to get away from the yellow brick road
0: oh boy but uh,
1: <laughs> but i mean it's just more proof that it stays in your in your um by the way it's an hour and 52 minutes
0: yes yes i saw that Wait,
1: you mean it? You tell me they didn't get out of munchkin land until the first 45 minutes yeah oh my god
0: the first it, it was like oh like yeah you don't see like yeah because there's all that celebration they killed the witch right and then her feet roll up or whatever and they got the, she's got the shoes all that yeah there that whole setup took like half the movie as
1: i mean they really are trying to set up for you okay so she was just with annie m and now there's a tornado and now she's in some freaky world and they had to make it seem prominent enough like this this witch being defeated was a big deal it's not like they'd just be like good job dorothy now be on your way they really did kind of like play it up and then of course you have the other witch come in and make her appearance Two witches, actually. Yeah. You've got Glinda, yeah. the good, and then you've got the other one, who's basically like the scary bitch. Yeah. Who, I mean, yeah. there's a lot that does happen in Munchkinland, to be fair. But I didn't realize that there was only about another hour allotted for the rest of the story.
0: I do remember. I do remember being at a, at a point where it's just like, when are they going to get out of? Here? When are they going to get out of Munchkinland? They're they're not walking. They got to get to Oz. You know, like Dorothy, you're hanging out here too much because then it's just like. All the munchkins come out to, to think, and we, the you know, people of the lollipop guild, whatever, you know, whatever, you know, like lollipop
1: guild, the lollipop guild.
0: But you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't want to say all the lyrics.
1: Saying it properly, Edgar, you had an opportunity. I
0: didn't want to say all the lyrics because I didn't want to show how big a nerd I am. But you caught me. I know the lyrics. I just didn't want to you know each
1: little guy's like part.
0: Yeah, you know, like. Well,
1: I- Dorothy was gonna need like a red, you know, ruby hoverboard if she needed to get out of there because, like, it, I mean, it does so, it does seem like she spent a little too much time. Because what happens after that? Okay, she goes, she leaves, she meets the other characters, and then they go to the Emerald City. That's it, right?
0: That's basically it. I mean, there's some. They, I mean, they they run into the witch a little bit, right? And then well, they, they
1: obviously end up with the monkeys and all that at her castle place or yeah. whatever well yeah.
0: eventually right but like on the <laughs> way to on on the way to oz they run into that field of flowers
1: poppies right?
0: yeah and they them fall- yeah <laughs> that's
1: that- what that's what it is did you not know that that's what that scene's about
0: i don't remember that being are you serious So
1: poppy, if you have poppy seeds like a poppy seed muffin it's I- got opium in it yeah so if you had huge amounts of poppy seed, you would get a dose of opium. The poppies in that, the reason they pass out is because they're all high. <laughs> that's, what, that's what that's No about.
0: way! Oh, Jesus Christ, you just changed this they movie. took a little
1: nap because they laid in the poppies. Because they were <laughs> so damn high. <laughs> it's a movie for the children. Put it on repeat.
0: Wow. God. Sometimes I feel like I mess up really bad and I don't even know it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, your kids aren't laying in a poppy field right now, so you're doing okay.
0: I guess I guess so. Uh Jesus I mean Christ. that we
1: know of anyway.
0: Jesus Christ, Jesus, Jesus oh, Christ. Gosh. I did not Did Jesus. I Are you sure?
1: Wait, what? Am I you, sure what?
0: Are you sure that's a poppy poppy field or whatever?
1: Poppy's field, wizard of us. Oh, mm
0: so hold on so like you know there's a lot of like crazy stories around the wizard of oz apparently like there was a munchkin who hung himself
1: so what did that turn out to be was it like something hung from a tree or i remember reading like versions of this is really what it was it wasn't what they said it was
0: no i think it was actually a a a little a little person as far as i know it it really is it really was a little person who who hung himself um,
1: I swore I read a story that explained away that, cause you can see that thing in the background of the tree when they're uh-huh. on the yellow road. And that was forever a rumor. And then I swore I read somewhere that, um, it was something else hanging there. Um, either way, if you look back at a film that old, it's always interesting to try to figure stuff out because it's like, that looks out of place that shouldn't be there. Um, so wait, so, um, <laughs> um so I looked up the whole poppy thing I had to laugh only because uh there was something about one of the Muppets movies playing off of that and making like a techno hookah club where they all (laughs) um but no it's accurate so one of the lines I can't remember if it's from the book or the movie but it's oh what's happening I'm so sleepy I just can't run anymore oh please I have to rest just a minute Toto where's Toto yawn Dorothy Kale (laughs) it's they're getting high, but it's not like they're getting high. They're just getting the effects of the high because they're laying or sitting or they're near the poppy.
0: Oh, but it's true
1: that you can get high on that. Yes.
0: Holy crap.
1: Yeah, 1939. You know, Port, you know, the stuff that happened. I shouldn't tell you all the stuff that happened to her, but um, Judy Garland was on heavy drugs during that film. So. Oh, really?
0: Uh, oh, that's... that's she was
1: a child actress with MGM and they wanted her to work really long days and they were not nice to her and she was the erratic person she was later in life because of MGM at that age. And they also had to strap her chest down because she was starting to get a little older and they wanted her to look 12 or 13 when in reality she was like 16. So yeah, it wasn't a fun time for Judy Garland. Um,
0: Jesus But that Christ.
1: Really made me like the movie. <laughs> I ruined every movie for
0: everybody. Yeah, you just ruined movies for me. This is hello. You w- welcome to the podcast where Emily ruins <laughs> all my movies on my list.
1: <laughs> I'm like VH1 behind the scenes, only really, really worse.
0: Like much worse. Jesus Christ. I, I'm sure I show this. I showed this movie on repeat to my kids.
1: Now you can just watch the poppy scene uh, with new eyes and um just be aware that. Dorothy Gale probably really doesn't know what's going on because she's high on fucking pills the whole time.
0: Oh Jesus Christ! So she wasn't acting; yeah. she's really just you know being herself.
1: She was she was high as fuck. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, <laughs> also, a big thing for them it was like um it was more so to control her sleeping habits and her eating habits. So they would tell her to have like a pill instead of having a meal.
0: So, I remember I remember her having trouble with like, uh, or them having trouble with her weight. Like eating they
1: didn't, disorder. Yeah. yeah. They gave her a eating disorder. And of course she was not a big girl, but if you have a girl who's 16, who's blooming, who you want to play a 12 or 13 year old. But back then you were married to the studio. It wasn't like now where actors can kind of pick whatever project they want. Back then it was like, you're making four pictures with Paramount or MGM. And Judy Garland, I mean, her her daughter Liza Minnelli equally is screwed up because of drugs. Um, I mean, obviously amazing performer, still alive to this day, but they both had problems because of that whole thing. And um, not to put a massive downer on your um,
0: my list, your
1: musical. <laughs> 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 Br- brought up. I wasn't gonna bring up the Munchkin little person hanging from a tree. You brought yeah. that up. Oh.
0: That's <sighs> scary. I. I, can I redo my list? I just I'll go no, find better. It's a
1: magical movie. You just can't think about it from the perspective of the behind the scenes.
0: <laughs> just don't think about the reality about, of
1: it. Here's the truth, though. If you thought about every movie you loved, just like every band you love, every actor you love, every whoever eventually you're going to stumble upon something you don't want to know, or you're going to meet that person. I've met people where I've gone, oh man, you ruined you for me.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> because you have this like idea in your head of like, if you met someone say like Judy Garland say she was alive today, uh-huh. it's 1939 and you know, you're off. I don't know. Chim, chim, trim ruin or whatever you do at that age. <laughs> and, <laughs> Now you're Dick Van Dyke, apparently, in a different film. But say you met her, like, wouldn't you be like, of course, like, oh my God, it's the girl from the movie that I love, and it's so cool, and you only want to think about all that stuff. But then, what if the girl was like co- completely wackadoodle and was mean to you? It's just like you're you're better off thinking about movies from the perspective of this is how I want to remember it for our own psyche, right? Uh-huh. Because if you start thinking too much, I mean. I can't, I can't even tell you the number of films where I've read stuff about them and the two actors hated each other. Like one of my favorite movies, Breakfast at Tiffany's, the two main actors didn't hate each other, but they didn't like each other very much. And I still watch that movie and I love it. And I love the romance and I love their relationship, but I know in my head, they don't like each other, but I just have to, you know,
0: there are push that aside. Th- there are three celebrities that I met in person and the you three. Is one of them? Uh, yes, you're you're the fourth celebrity. Oh, so far. So far. <laughs> no, but like uh, the the three celebrities did not disappoint. I met Jackie Chan in, in person at a at a book signing, and he was super nice. He has the biggest hand you'll ever shake. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's not it's not like long. It's just super fat. It's like his hand is twice the size of a normal human hand it, but the width wise it was so wide his yeah. his fingers are fat like there must be Why
1: s- he successful or what's the deal
0: I, well i mean he's always climbing stuff and hitting Can he things
1: perform better in combat?
0: i have no yeah. idea but he he was he was as gigantic as you would think he would be in real life um super nice guy uh and uh his one of his stunt doubles i also kind of took a picture with he's he wasn't as nice but very nice as well um i i also (laughs) well the stunt double was like a villain in one of his movies so i was like i gotta take a picture with this guy you know you know and long that's a story for another type but the other person i met was ron howard and he was just Mm. i i had i was i had just left film school or not left film school but i was like i had just left class in college i was walking down michigan avenue with a bunch of my friends and we passed this guy and i'm like was was that ron howard you know and like everybody's like yeah that's this is that opie is like yeah that's that's ron howard yeah yeah It's just like oh my holy shit so we we ran ran him down And then Total
1: Chicagoans, by the way, you've told me this story before, but I think total Chicagoans, because in New York or LA, they would have left him alone, but you were like, We're gonna get Opie.
0: (laughs) We're gonna get Opie. We're gonna run over there and then like, yeah, make him shake our hand, you know. And we shook hands with Opie. And then the other person I met was
1: tell him his hand was a lot smaller than Jackie Chan's hand.
0: (laughs) I did not I did not have I don't think I have met Jackie Chan, so I didn't have the reference. He had normal size hands. Normal size. Okay. Human hands. But, you know, he's a director. Human yes. <laughs> he didn't have the monster hand that Jackie Chan had. And then, um, and I had met uh, Ronda Rousey. And she is, in person, super awesome. Um, she's
1: pretty, too. Very pretty.
0: She's very pretty. And she's... And I
1: mean, she's in, a, in a different kind of way, but she's pretty. Yeah. She's
0: Wonder Woman. She's she's not a normal human, either. She's She's a superhero. Like, she's wide, muscular, very pretty.
1: You definitely had these fortunate positive interactions with people. And I wouldn't say maybe Ronda Rousey and maybe Jackie Chan. I wouldn't say Ron Howard is someone who were like, I'm dying to meet Ron Howard. (laughs) But but you have good impressions of those people and especially Ron Howard too, being, you know, you know him from when he was a little kid, like in film. So you don't want that person to be a total jackass when you meet them.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think also too you got to be careful what you say. It was like, "Hey, Opie," you know, like you don't. I didn't. I didn't say that, right? I mean, so.
1: What if you were like, "Hey, your daughter's not very talented," because that's probably what. I'm
0: <laughs> I don't think the movies came out yet, because I, nah, I think the first movie I think the first movie I ever saw her in village. was in the village.
1: village. One for her, yeah. yeah. Well, and again, lots of people you can do your homework. And if you really pay attention, there's a lot of people in the industry that have a different name than their famous relative, but like George Clooney is related to, um, Rosemary Clooney, the singer. I mean, like lots of these people have ins with producers and directors already. You just don't know it because you don't think about the connection or their names completely different, but, um, yeah, not a big fan of Bryce Dallas Howard, but, um, I think that he's someone in particular though, if I met him and he was a jerk, I'd be like, okay, you've now ruined Opie, you've ruined Happy Days, you've ruined, um, the what's the movie I'm trying to think of? From Apollo the 50s 13?
0: Two. Oh no.
1: A movie from the 50s, uh, American Graffiti. Oh, American. Like, have you seen American Graffiti? I have not. Oh my God, watch American Graffiti now! <laughs> <laughs> How have you not seen that movie? There... Oh my God cameos like for days. Harrison Ford is a random cameo in that movie. He's really? like racing a car. I love that movie so much. It's such a great movie.
0: <laughs> there, there are a bunch of movies that shamefully I have not seen. Um,
1: Which are like the movies where people are always like, how have you not seen that movie? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's one of them. There's, there's a lot of them. And there's ones that well, I've seen and I can't remember. Like I've seen Warriors, I, I don't remember what happens in it.
1: I, I will say that in the last couple of years, I don't know if it's because my giant brain is like making room for new information. If I saw a movie, but if I saw a movie, I wouldn't forget any aspect of it whatsoever. Mm. And now I obviously can't remember the one aspect of Mary Poppins, which bothers me because if someone mentions a movie, I usually could tell you from start to finish what happened. And these days I'm like, there's definite big parts that stand out, but unless it's a movie that I've seen a million times, I'm not going to necessarily remember all of it. And that concerns me, but it could just be old age.
0: I, no, I think what because I, I've noticed that too, and it, and I only seem to notice it notice it when we talk about movies in a podcast because what we're doing in, in a podcast is a little different than when we do in regular conversation, right? We're in this process, we're kind of dissecting these movies, so you kind of need to remember more. And like for example, I saw, I saw the fucking I can't even remember the movie right now. Jesus Christ! You see there, you go.
1: <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: But I saw the Demon Barber this morning. Jesus, what's wrong with me? Uh, Teeny, uh, (laughs) Tweeny, Sweeney, Sweeney Todd. (laughs) The Demon
1: Barber of Fleet Street. There you go.
0: Sweeney, Sweeney Todd. Yes. (laughs) And I saw it this morning. I can't even remember the title.
1: i have noticed this about you edgar if you have not recently watched something yeah you have a harder time kind of remembering certain aspects which i've been doing the same thing lately which again it makes me angry like where what is my brain making room for more work jargon i don't need more work jargon i need to remember what happened in that scene to return to oz god damn it <laughs> But I mean it's not gonna help me but at least I know I know
0: <laughs> yeah yeah make you feel better about whether you, you know you're losing your mind or not right I mean it's one of the things I think about and it's like am I getting dementia am I am I you know every what's wrong with me day. every day
1: every day I think about it. and I'm not saying we get it every day but I am thinking about it every day which is um not good and yeah. um the more you read about stuff than the more but then I also think it wouldn't hurt it's 2020 right um we all probably could serve to treat our bodies better and go for more runs and drink more water and get every all the synapses you know everything's working the way it needs to be Mm. and if it doesn't it's our own fault but I need to ask you out of your top movies what is the movie that you think not just because they like it a lot but what movie, I'm guessing I know the answer to this, but I'm whatever. What movie do you feel like you watch with your kids where you guys all enjoy it the most? Would that be something like Oz or more like The Little Mermaid?
0: Oh man, that's a tough one. Um, It would, for a long time, it was probably Oz. Uh, And for myself, I feel better about Oz. But I think I think if we were going to choose a musical tonight, it would probably be Little Mermaid or something along that line. Um, but um, but yeah, I I don't
1: know what it is about Disney movies made after a certain point. But I remember when Aladdin came out on VHS, my mom got it for us. It used to be in those like puffy boxes. Do you remember the puffy-ish boxes? Yes. And we get it. We stuck it in the VCR in the basement, which was like our rec room. And my brother and I watched Aladdin, I think like 12 times in a row and just danced and sang and acted it out. And my mom was like, whatever. Uh-huh. And I can't think of other movies that do that the way some Disney movies do, you know what I mean?
0: I know exactly what you mean. Um, that is true for me as well in terms of like my kid, my kids, my, my siblings and I and, and our upbringing. Um, but uh, one thing that happened, my sister, um, when she had her first kid, her kid was about maybe two or three. And I was, you know, young, and still didn't have the the greatest job. But I was at Best Buy. And I wanted to buy something for, for my niece. And, you know, I had just a few bucks, and they had the bargain bin, and I pulled out Totoro. Totoro was like Five bucks. My neighbor Totoro for five bucks. I'm like, what a deal. So I buy this movie with the few dollars that I had in my pocket.
1: Is this guy hadn't seen? You hadn't seen it yet?
0: No, I've already seen it. I knew it was a oh. great movie. Um, but I was like, this would be nice. Something different for her to watch. I brought it home. And that kid watched that Totoro like three, four times in the first day. And then wow. next time my sister saw me, she's like, Oh, thank you for Totoro. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, you're welcome. You know, and she's like, no, thank you. And I'm like, what are you? Okay, you're welcome. You know, and she's like, no, you don't understand. I've seen this movie like five times in the first day and I'm tired of it already. <laughs> I was uh, like, oh, I don't know what to say, you know? And there's movies my that-
1: My mom always said like, you know, like I think little kids like to quote things. They like knowing stuff. So once you've memorized a song, you feel kind of accomplished. And then you're like- you know, da, da 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 da. I can't remember the words now, but Aladdin. I just remember the scene where he's jumping around and like um, stealing stuff and escaping. Oh, uh, yes,
0: yes, things.
1: yes. I just I was like one toe over the something. I just remember we would <laughs> say every single line, and my mom was like, oh my God, please stop. Which is why she eventually ended up taking Wayne's world away from us and hiding it because we would watch it and quote it, and she couldn't stand it anymore. <laughs> And then we found it in the secret drawer and we started watching it again, but then we'd hide it back in the drawer. So she didn't know that we found it. I <laughs> mean, kids are, kids are friggin' weird. Kids yeah. are weird. But who wants their kids running around quoting Wayne's world? And me and my brother would just be like, Bla, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, blah. He'd play Garth and I'd play Wayne. And that's what we did. And my mom was like, yeah, no, no more <laughs> of this. <laughs> you
0: know- the the, wayne's world was a great one too because they shot it i guess in illinois or whatever and they would go down they went down pulaski and 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 they showed you the giant indian that's no longer there unfortunately but i was just like holy cow these guys live close to me
1: the same thing with the cars in like berwin and cicero on the spindle they moved that but that was like i didn't grow up in that area but i had friends that didn't i'd be like it's the cars but then as you got older and you were driving you'd be like wait, they're driving towards Lakeshore Drive and now they're going to Wisconsin. This doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Not until you're older and driving that you're like, this is bullshit. But I think that a lot of people, when they film in certain cities, they really want to capture the downtown skyline of Chicago. So it's like, well, if that's how we have to do it, we'll do it. But then every person in Chicago is like, that's wrong.
0: Yes, yes. you know sure the the uh, the the cinematographer might know this is chicago but the editor has no fucking clue where shit goes you know it,
1: it's the exit like in every movie it seems like they show something and then the exit they're getting off of and i'm like there's no way you can do that in that span of time that
0: makes- <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're going the other way they would have had to jump over the divider and go yeah <laughs> which
1: the- you know Making logic doesn't always come into play. So.
0: Yeah, and, and the Matrix does that as well. Where it's just like, oh, you run down this way, run down that way. I'm like, what? And I remember looking, oh shit, they're in Chicago. And I'm looking, I'm like, this is not Chicago. What? Where the fuck is this? You know. But anyway, that's my list. Um, I like your.
1: I think it's a solid list. If you had two honorable mentions, what would they be? We don't have to go into depth, but what would they be?
0: Um it would, Mulan Rouge would be one.
1: Oh, well, you're stealing my
0: movies. <laughs> I was keeping it secret. You said it, you just said it, right? you just, uh, but I, I said Moulin Rouge was one of my, uh, one of my, uh, what You uh, have good
1: taste, sir, you have good taste.
0: Moulin Rouge is just so.
1: Okay, let's not talk about it now because we're going to talk about it next time.
0: You're right, you're right. Okay, I won't I won't talk about it, but I, yeah. I, I like me some Moulin Rouge. Um, and then,
1: uh <laughs> what's going on a t shirt with your name? I like me some. <laughs> I like me
0: some. Rouge. Oh, Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I can't remember, I can't remember what my other honorable mentions are, but um I remember Mulan Rouge only because it was on your list. Um, but I, I, you know, ah, oh, crap.
1: I could give you an easy list of like probably ones you've never seen, too. I mean, I think that anybody who is into theater as I am can appreciate the difference between a good movie musical and a bad one. Mm-hmm. And yours were all good choices. There are a lot of ones that were just train wrecks, like poorly managed. And again, when you get the Hollywood hands on something, that was originally on Broadway, or was a book, or whatever, and you don't get the right other players in there to advise, it just turns into like a big shit show, and it's not yeah. good.
0: Oh, I did want to mention Hamilton, although it's not really a movie; it's it's a musical, musical shot, kind of recorded, so it's not. I, I don't I don't think of it as a movie musical, um, but I did want to mention it because it's very. It's, it's very, I guess, innovative, right? It's very cool. Um, but what is it, like four hours long or something, man? It's just like after like the, the first act, I've I'm like...
1: It, I've seen it three times. So I can't remember because you've got like an intermission and you've got your breaks and stuff. Um, I have not watched it on Disney Plus yet, only because Disney Plus sucks on my TV. Um, but... Anybody who didn't have the opportunity to see it in a theater, like it is innovative and it is what it is. It it's nothing like rent, obviously, in terms of content, Uh but it reminds me of the excitement around that musical at the time when it was on Broadway, not the film version of Rent, but the Broadway show. Just because I think that. It totally sets something up in a different way. It gives you a new perspective. It obviously is very inclusive and looks at things a lot differently than any of these former musicals What You look at like all the Rodgers and Hammerstein musicals like Cinderella, every single person is white. It's very bland. And Rent was something that really brought HIV AIDS into the foray. Mm. It brought all these different people of different makeups and backgrounds into the story. And then Hamilton, when that did that, it reminded me of the excitement I had as like a 16 year old girl. Um, Although actually I was more like 13 when Rent first came out, but I was really into it when I was 16 and Hamilton did that for like the next generation. And it's just, it's, anything that gets butts in seats or gets people to look at history in a new way i think is worthy to me because you're using your voice to speak to a different group of people who would not have seen themselves in any of these other shows because they weren't represented like simple as that
0: yeah i i I, i'll be honest i haven't seen a lot of um like uh stage musicals i've seen man i can't remember all of them but I have seen, for example, um, Wicked, which is the one I think is one of my favorite ones that I've seen because obviously, I mean, I remember it, but
1: um, you like the Wizard of Oz. I like the Wizard
0: of Oz. And so having Wicked, it was really interesting. I didn't think that it kind of went together, you know, uh, in terms of story, like they kind of made this underlying story. I was just like, this doesn't work, but it's cool. Like I like the music, you know, and. Uh, Adina Manzel, you know or Adeldezim, as some people might call her is uh, <laughs> yeah
1: good old Johnny Travolta again. there you go yeah <laughs>
0: there was a there was what a do na- you need to
1: figure it life out <laughs> yeah there,
0: there was a time there there was a name generator a Travolta name generator you'd pop in your name it would spit it out some other kind of weird way and you'd get a new name but Let's anyway. see if
1: that still exists Really, like <laughs> a
0: minute What's what it say? This for would animals? be a
1: nice thing to end on This would be a nice thing to end on If it actually still works Let's take a quick look Oh man Here's the widget Let's see if the widget still exists Alright You want to be Edgar O'Traves? Yes Let's do that Your name is Edward Ortiz.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) It just made me another person. Sorry. That's pretty boring.
1: (laughs) But it is. Wait, I want to see what mine is. That's really not. It needs to be like really. Oh, God. Mine's good. Elijah (laughs) Yoing.
0: Elijah (laughs) Yoing. Oh, my goodness. Oh I laughed so hard, my head just. just okay, I hard. like
1: mine. I like mine, but it did also use a name for mine, Elijah, which is like, come on, you're supposed to like. He literally took her name and butchered it to a point of like no return. It's like, what was that even? What were you even attempting?
0: What what, what happened? Was he was he high? Was he drunk? What was what
1: what? He's a Scientologist. He's always messed <laughs> up on something. I don't know. What I'm doing, Oh, god I, the scientologist there's gonna be one scientologist who finds this podcast somehow and they're gonna come for me because i will tell you edgar they still send me mail i got mail last week from the scientologists and this is because i visited their facility in chicago in the year
0: 2001 do you see that's what he messed up as a,
1: something like a cool paper i was gonna write something for the DePaulia about them and as soon as i said i was a writer they went well, we hope you're not writing anything about us. And I was like, holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> They're scared, they are scary. And they sent me a bunch of stuff in the mail. And my mom, it's still my mom's address. So she gave me my mail. And I'm like, what's this? And they handwrite letters to you and everything. And it was written to Elijah Yoing. <laughs> 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 I love it. I
0: right. love it. All right. All right. Well, mm. thanks so much emily uh we'll definitely do your list as soon as possible whenever you have a chance next
1: spoiler alert
0: (laughs) you did that i did it i just said it was in my in my you know honorable mentions but anyway all right um this is the girl with my guest emily the comedian (laughs) uh we'll catch you next time and thanks for listening bye All right, so um, the music you hear in, which I really, really dig, is called Few Things, and it's by Swoop or Soup, S O O P. Uh, and you can find that over at Epidemic Sound. Man, there is so much to talk about. I just musicals are just so much fun. It's just there's so much work that goes into it, the dancing, the singing. It's it's a, it's a hard job doing these musicals. And it, it must they must have a blast doing these things too. But anyway, as you can tell we had a blast too. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you want to support the podcast, head on over to shop.theflowropodcast.com.